Good news, everyone. Talking Futurama is coming back for Talking Futurama Season 2, Part 2. Fresher than a summer ham, this podcast comes every Friday. And if you sign up at the $5 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you can hear each episode as it goes live. That's right. Sign up today at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for $5 to hear Talking Futurama every Friday throughout the rest of 2020 and also all the previous episodes we've done so far. So head over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons now or we're going to clamp you. Shut up and take my money. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, a podcast all about S&M, scrubbing and mopping. I'm your host, Oily Man Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and I can't wait for my starring role in Stop Hitting Yourself. And who do we have on the line? Callie Plaguey, and I'm going through this phase where I don't eat meat. And today's episode is It's a Mad, 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 Mad Marge. Usurper! 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 That's our word of the day. <laughs> and today's episode aired on May 14th, 2000. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my God. Oh boy, Bobby. The Million Mom March descends on Washington, D.C. in a campaign for gun control. I'm sure that worked out well. Prince reverts to his name of Prince. The symbol's gone, and most importantly for our gamer guest here, Metal Gear Solid 2 is officially announced at E3 2000. Wow. Yeah, E3 happened in the middle of May back then, and so it was uh, E3 2000. I looked at what else was the big thing. Metal Gear Solid 2 is definitely the biggest because it's like Sega was still dreamcasting it up. They're like, look, here's Seaman. Here's uh, Seaman. Sorry, sorry, (laughs) Seaman. Go oh, come now. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, and, oh, Jesus, no. Uh, and meanwhile, Nintendo had to be like, yeah, we got something else next year, but uh, there's still N64 stuff. You can still care. It's Paper Mario. And, and uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, the famous fake out up until yeah. the release. You didn't know secretly it was not a Solid Snake game. Uh, this All this pre-release stuff was about Solid Snake on a boat, mm-hmm. and the boat was a sinking. And who knows what happens after that. <laughs> and, and, man, that first trailer, like, it was really amazing like and yeah. they, they pretty much all pulled it off on the playstation 2 like it wasn't like a giant lie trailer like now you just get a cgi movie for things and they're like yeah that's the trailer like no it's not that's not a game <laughs> but uh metal gear solid 2 that was i think that was really when kojima fell in love hideo kojima the creator fell in love with an e3 trailer reveal yes and if gaming culture back then was like it is now he would have been like doxxed and swatted for <laughs> releasing that game oh god yes you're right for the yeah. hashtag consumer rights going on mm-hmm. the bait and switch mm-hmm. that game gives you he would yeah. have been he would have been assassinated i think uh yeah and you're right you're thank so god right. he's okay thank god he's okay uh and that trailer was part of the lie because it's all solid the snake in the trailer you don't even see any uh in pretty mm-hmm. boys there and the theme of the yeah. game is misinformation so there you have it very clever prescient you know i don't even love every single thing he's ever done but he is right more than most people are about the future like metal gear solid 2 i i know uh in it 
uh sarge i think he's the one who gives this long speech about how like if you just inundate people with information they just <laughs> won't know anything and they'll <laughs> just be confused by it like yeah and uh yeah that i totally forgot about the million mom march well, until it showed that's up because it worked stuff. and guns are illegal now yeah that's right <laughs> uh it's that i i believe it was done in like partially in response to it was like a year well it was more than a year after columbine but i think columbine mm-hmm. was part of what pushed him to do it apparently and, they got almost a million pretty yeah, close they got close and if you have the counter protesters who were there then it's, <laughs> uh, it puts it over uh and yeah good old prince no longer the artist formerly known as prince i think honestly me and you go into that deeper in the futurama because this yeah this was mother's day night for fox and so on the mother's day episode of oh. futurama we talked about this as well Oh, that explains a lot. So this is yeah. a fitting Mother's Day episode as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this and and I believe the Malcolm in the Middle that night was also a Mother's Day episode. A real, a real mom night on Fox. Yeah. Oh, and, and Peggy's sexy feet was this same <laughs> night oh, as well. This so. is this is a perfect night of television. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I will say what I said on that Futurama because it's behind the paywall. Like <laughs> that artist formerly known as Blank Joke, it, it spawned a billion bad jokes. Mm, yeah. No, I'm sorry. The original thing was not a joke. That was his his name changed to protest his bad deal he got with a record, a record company that is uh you know fine but that spawns so many terrible sitcom jokes including some on the simpsons oh yeah yeah the artist formerly known as prince was presently known as prince but yeah callie could you imagine an e3 that happened in may instead of uh in the much hotter june <laughs> in los angeles <laughs> God, it would be nice. There's really not a lot usually going on in gaming in in that part of the year. It's kind of like a lull in in May, I feel like. You don't see a lot of big May releases. It would be nice to have a break and have like actual summertime and and not be uh, (laughs) Mm. dying in the heat of LA. Well, E3 is uh, done and dusted now. I guess, uh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. yeah, Actually, are you getting nostalgic now for E3 Cali that you did not attend this year? Um, you know, yes and no, for sure. Like thinking about e- E3 in 2000, I can only think of like booth babes and like terrible oh, yeah. things about E3. Yeah. The E3s that I've been to, I've been to, I don't know, six or seven. And uh, I definitely miss seeing people. That was a fun part of E3 is seeing your international friends, out of state friends, just bonding over the absolutely grueling <laughs> work conditions mm. of that week, I, I guess maybe not good necessarily but um there is some some kind of enjoyment to be had in that that week where everyone's just kind of firing on all cylinders however this year i was like i'm good not to not to go i don't need to do that right now i I mean (laughs) ignoring covid i was like i'm i'm tired man there's a lot going on (laughs) we've been people have been saying for years e3 could just be done remotely anyway and that you don't need to why be there in person to see a press conference when you can just write about it anyway and so that uh i i wonder yes if if that's the end of e3 so you can be sleep deprived hungover and order a $12 $12 slice of cheese pizza yeah. <laughs> for your one uh, meal of the day. At the end of the day, you're just like, why do I feel so miserable? Oh, I'm dehydrated <laughs> and I didn't eat at all today. By the way, like... E3 is the Electronic <laughs> Entertainment Expo. Oh, yes. Sorry. Which if you yes. don't work in the games industry, you might not know what the hell we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically a week where you do 14-hour days for uh, very little thanks and mm. um, you're just around sweaty people all the time. And then, you know what I really don't miss is them opening it up to the public because that made it even more crowded and more mm. problematic for me so um mm-hmm. it's just you know it's a f- it can be fun but it's a lot it's a fun magic trick where you get 40 hours of pay for doing 80 hours of work <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I uh feel pretty 
blessed I didn't have to go to E3 during the public years. Uh, though, you know, maybe it'd be awesome to meet all the people in my replies who could now go to uh, to this event and, and say hi to me and be just <laughs> as nice to me in person as they are in my replies. Anyway, Callie, welcome back. Hey. Yes, welcome back. Callie Plaggy of GameSpot. She's here, and she was last on our, on our podcast. When was our last episode? Mm. Uh, we were talking about... Uh, it was Moaning Lisa, I think uh, it was. Was it Princess Cashmere. Okay. Oh, that one, not Moaning Lisa. Yeah, yes, the, uh, Homer's Night Out. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me back. You know how much I love The Simpsons. I'm always excited to talk about it. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, what were you doing in 1999 or 2000 when this episode aired? Uh, you know, wearing a Backstreet Boys t-shirt to school, <laughs> butterfly clips in my hair, probably a spelling bee in there, maybe. <laughs> um, definitely, oh, platform sandals. Boom. That's uh, a big one. That's mm-hmm. right. Platform sandals. That's taking me back. Uh, yeah. I, was I never wore Gushers. Them. Oh, oh, Gushers. I ate many a Gusher. I, I think I was <laughs> post-Gushers. I was a senior in high school at this point. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so did you see this one live or uh, new? Oh, I'm almost positive I did. Yeah, this oh, yeah. was definitely at the point in my life where we were watching The Simpsons daily. You know, Or like, you know, we were watching reruns and new episodes like all the time so yeah i'm I'm wondering if i did anything for mother's day that day to Mm. uh if i if i recall what a typical mother's day would be in that uh age it would be my mom would uh i'd go with her to the beach we'd spend a day at the beach and have a nice like day and then we'd we'd have like a, a mother's day meal or something for like lunch but i would definitely have wanted to keep the evening clear for a simpsons <laughs> viewing and then say like sorry mom no you're just gonna make normal dinner i don't care it's mother's day the simpsons well, must be tv watching. is mother yes yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all learn that <laughs> uh, though i do think for me this is a kind of underwatch one on the henry tapes because or the gilbert family tapes i should say <laughs> uh because we but who inherits those tapes uh i don't know where <laughs> they are now honestly they might have uh they might have been inherited by the trash i i and when uh my mom moved out of our old house but uh i think it was this was an underwatch one for me because we've said it many times but this string of episodes but especially going from Maud's death and then into the Kid Rock one, I think the following years, if I were to put in a tape, I wasn't putting in this tape because even if there was an episode I liked, like this uh, episode, which I didn't think was, I, I think is all right, I would have to fast forward through Kid Rock stuff and it would just yeah. remind me of episodes I didn't like. <laughs> I, I saw this live and I was also on the news groups, you know, talking about the show back in the day. And I think it, it's adjacent to that cloud of polarizing episodes that caused this one to be looked upon disdainfully Mm -hmm. uh people were Mm -hmm. very mad at the treatment of marge in this episode and i think uh it's a very funny marge episode (laughs) because they make her say some very funny things like usurper and i do i do like it i think actually homer actually acts more ghoulish in this one especially with the joke at the end oh yes yeah (laughs) yeah you know this is the only like real marge episode of the season and that they have to uh well another thing that hit me watching this that it really feels like like a Gene season episode, out a Gene and Reese 
one because it is an extended film parody like mm. that's that's mm-hmm. why it feels most like a you know a season three or four that gene and reese did or any of their number of critic episodes that were just an extended film parody is it what's the film parody the hand that rocks the cradle oh okay like uh i've never seen it is it very specific in the jokes uh, they're doing here i didn't realize it until i'd never seen the movie but i watched about 10 minutes of clips that are on youtube and when i saw that i was like yeah pretty much is like it's mm. uh, so, they, so it's a gene thing that's a very outdated parody as well yes yeah that, <laughs> i think he'll that, never be on our show <laughs> i i think that's why selma has to say out loud the name of the movie in it oh but, right duh. Uh, yeah. they name check it i'm sorry <laughs> well when i watched it, i was like oh yeah this is uh the the plot of the film is julianne moore is a uh, a mother a trusting mother who then they hire a uh, new au pair or nanny whatever to take care of their kids and slowly she worms her way into their life and kind of tries to take over the family and she's doing all of these like secret crazy things that only the mom knows notices and everybody else like what she's great we all love her and she's doing it to make julianne moore look even crazier and so there's this one scene where julianne moore just like walks up to her in the becky of that movie she's being nice and then julianne moore because she knows she did something but everybody else doesn't know she just sucker punches her right in the face and it just looks insane Hmm. to everybody else so uh that yeah it's it's pretty it's it's more one to one than i thought it was from just knowing it as a name of thing but it, it's also honestly selma penny and selma they talk about that genre of film those 90s anxiety mother anxiety movies that like the good son we don't get those anymore those are just female, all on lifetime yeah. now yeah i guess that is uh, the, the the b level mom a- anxiety movies those are just on lifetime now and the origin of this episode is that they found out drew barrymore wanted to be on the show so they wrote this for her but then uh they thought of a better part for her uh, next season as crusty's daughter so this one went to parker posey mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, the insane clown poppy episode uh which uh yeah premieres next season but it's the same production so they must mm. have been like writing them back to back i think so yeah, yeah. I mean that part fits better for Drew Barrymore because well she could have played either of these definitely but I think that one fits a little better for her because she's famous as a child actor so her yeah. playing a kid it fits and uh and meanwhile I think Parker Posey does have more of an edge to her that she can come through uh as potentially evil in all these lines as as Becky here and she was just on Futurama like in the three episode weeks earlier. Yeah, yeah the deep south playing Umbriel the mermaid uh another southern role although she's playing yeah. it up a lot more in that episode <laughs> she's got the southern lilt to her voice in this one because she can't help it yeah right <laughs> no she's a for real southerner and uh, yeah i mean Parker Posey rules like she's I'll say it on Deep South again but she's just such a funny actress like very on the commentary they just you know refer to her as like a pretty young thing which like I mean she was young and she is an attractive woman but she's also like a very hilarious actress who's great in all of those Christopher Guest films and uh in Josie and the Pussycats in 2001 she fucking rules in that so hard uh she's so good her her now and cummings together like are this amazing team in that movie kelly do you uh what do you have feelings uh, i'm really curious if you saw josie and the pussycats actually i i was gonna say i i do quite enjoy that movie a lot so yeah i agree that that she rules and i i do think like it's funny because drew barrymore i just 
have a particular image of her and i i do think like she would work for it but i i i do like parker posey's performance as becky a lot so i'm glad it was her and drew barrymore now like hosts a talk show filmed in an airplane hangar seemingly that's uh, right yeah. a friend of the show scott garner was like posting a video like why is her studio this huge <laughs> that is kind of crazy i you know all these celebrities they have like these basically they own the stuff this uh, areas the size of rhode island why not just make a podcasting or a video studio? I'm like, hey, it's my TV studio. Like, uh, maybe she learned some of that DIY stuff from Tom Green, too. Mm. You know, he was doing that oh, before her. They reunited on the show. Oh, and it was great. adorable. Oh, I got to check yeah. that out. I wish they got married on SNL. They really should have. I know? think so. If it, it was all going to fall apart anyway, get married on SNL. There's this girl on TikTok who does Drew Barrymore impressions. So that's whenever I think of Drew Barrymore, that's what I see is because <laughs> she does the mouth thing so perfectly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Parker Posey, so great. I wonder if they say they recorded with her many times. Hmm. Uh, I wonder if at least one of them was like, oh, you're in here for Futurama. Why don't you record an extra thing for this? Or just the timing of it is just so weird. Like, I definitely think when this first aired, I was like, wait parker posey again like futurama just had her this feels it loses some of the specialness when futurama and simpsons would have anything similar within the same season i guess she was going to be in best in show in 2000 but that's not a big movie it's a movie for comedy nerds it wasn't a failure or anything but it's not like you know an action thriller or like a huge comedy yeah yeah like i don't even think it played in my city Uh, yeah i didn't see it until vhs i i did see the next ones in theaters i think cuz best in show was a a little bigger of a hit but yeah i didn't see did not see that one in theaters what a funny movie though she's so she is perfect in that one too is like this detestable yuppie couple with they're like (laughs) where's the bee where's busy bee the the writer of the episode larry doyle named the character after his then wife Uh, i think that was a joke on the on the Uh, commentary (laughs) i think they're still married at least according Uh, to wikipedia they're still married i so i was looking for that too the most i could see was like there was a 2008 article he wrote i found that too and in there it said wife becky and i'm like i a lot can happen in 12 years you know especially you're a hollywood writer like larry doyle like poor richard pell and mona simpson <laughs> oh that's so sad right yeah they were so happy together <laughs> uh yeah so this uh, i don't know i maybe should have watched all of hand that rocks the cradle but i think i got the gist of it but yeah so uh the episode begins with uh, a strange bit about how the kids are at the famously poor springfield elementary given video cameras well they had to cut video. geography right <laughs> yeah that's uh i do like that they have to lock up the globe so it can never spin again or else geography will have been taught <laughs> I, I found it really on point because I feel like my school did stuff like that. Like we had this um, cart of, well, we had computer lab at that time, but then even a couple of years later, they had a cart of MacBooks. They would cart around to different classrooms, but we like didn't have an arts budget. And my school also <laughs> didn't have a gym. Like my middle school didn't have a gym and we no. had PE, but we just had to go to class after PE in our sweaty PE clothes. Uh. Like we didn't have gym clothes, um, but we had this cart of MacBooks. So I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Wow. I, yeah, I couldn't imagine.
imagine that one video camera because like there was like the TV on the cart, the mm-hmm. immortal TV yeah. strapped to the cart with the VCR, often most of the time with the missing remote control. Uh, yeah, I, I remember in projects like this in my 90s middle school was I'd be jealous of the couple of kids who could get a VHS uh, camcorder mm-hmm. from their parents and film stuff. Like, you know, these Zoomers now, they can all just like do a video project on their dang phones. They <laughs> Those dang phones they never look up from. I mean, come on, <laughs> these kids today. Uh, but I am jealous that they can just do like all these mixed media things I would have loved to have done create- creatively in school instead of just writing a boring essay. It's a, it's a very <laughs> yeah. short scene with a weird Blair Witch joke in it, but I, I did make a Blair Witch parody with a video camera around this time, so <laughs> we were all doing it. It was very easy to do. Just film your friend standing in the basement, and you got it. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, I, I wonder, I took that joke uh, in the previous episode. There was also a Blair Witch reference. I I wonder if the Marge is buying Bart Blair Witch repellent. Oh. <laughs> I, I feel like Skinner's anger about it, it feels like a writer's room thing of like no more Blair Rich jokes it's it's fucking tacky we're tired of it I think I believe Polly Shore was in a Blair Witch parody that year oh god we Jeez. went over that in Talking Futurama but I like this scene because like the plot's been messy like especially Kill the Alligator and Run uh, oh, yeah. this is just like one story and the, the beginning scene pays off in the end it does because it's all for a video right. project that you forget about it's impressive how they pu- tie it all together you don't ex- I, I don't expect it in this time of episodes that end with uh, Homer about to fall into lava and then it cuts to betty white uh i don't expect that i've been re-watching old simpsons and even like some of those early like season one season two episodes have like absolutely whack plots and so this was kind of like i've i'm still in season two in my rewatch but i jumping up to this episode i was pleasantly surprised at the continuity of the plot i was like oh i forgot that that could happen <laughs> was really uh, okay cool also in this scene i forgot edna doesn't say anything and so it's just kind of distracting like why is it all right yeah i feel like there's a deleted scene or something but i was thinking too that like functionally while it is funny that skinner has to say these things like no blair witch and this globe will never spin again the scene functions the same if edna says all of these things and it's like yeah it's redundant what principle is giving class projects is what i (laughs) i mean i know principal skinner isn't exactly a normal principal in a regular school but i i that actually did strike me i was like why is he even here maybe they used up all their marshall wallace money that season oh maybe (laughs) yeah (laughs) the simpsons will be right back on the mother of all Fox Sundays. <gasps> is the new nanny stealing Marge's family? She's going to seduce your husband. <laughs> or is it all in her head? I'm not insane. Run, Marge! Run! Pump those crazy legs! The Hand That Rocks the Simpsons, an all-new episode. Then, when Mom's under the weather, uh-huh. will the mother of all pranks help her feel better? <laughs> all-new Malcolm after the Simpsons, starting at 8, 7 central, Fox Sunday.
Welcome to the break, everybody, for Talking Simpsons. And you know that we'd never make you choose between heavy metal and this podcast. A big time thank you to our guest this week, Kelly Plaggy. We always love having her on. Be sure to check out all the reviews that she oversees and writes at GameSpot.com. And as always, if you are a listener to this podcast, you should know that me and Bob are only able to do this full time because of the support of subscribers at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Me and Bob love doing this podcast and we're able to do it as their full-time job thanks to those supporters and for five bucks a month those people not only get peace of mind for supporting us but they also get to hear every episode of talking simpsons a week ahead of time from the free feed if you signed up you could be hearing next week's season 11 finale behind the laughter right now and the same goes for our sister podcast what a cartoon where me and bob cover animated series in the same talking simpsons style you can be hearing us talk about say the garfield christmas special or the south park season four christmas episode you would only hear that if you're five dollar and up subscriber right now and you'd also get access to our many patreon exclusive mini series that include talking futurama talking critic talking of the hill and talking mission hill where we cover all of those series the same way we do The Simpsons. I mean, right now you can be hearing us finish up season two of Futurama only if you're a Patreon subscriber. So please consider signing up today for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. But if you want something even fancier than personal kickboxing lessons, you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. You get all the $5 things I just told you all about. But you also get our premium monthly podcast, What a Cartoon Movie, where me and Bob cover a different animated feature film in the same style we do all our other great podcasts. You can hear us talk in depth over four hours about some films like The End of Evangelion, Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and a huge back catalog of over 100 hours of previous What a Cartoon Movies. It's a ton of content, and you get more each month for that 10 bucks a month. Plus, you also get access to our video commentary on the Season 11 deleted scenes, which you'll be getting very soon on the Patreon, only if you're a $10 and up subscriber. So please, consider signing up today at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And so all the kids get video cameras, uh, but just in the fourth grade class, then they're, they, we then cut to the school bus and all this school bus comedy and the use of the character Otto. Yeah, yeah. this is a sequel to the Otto show. Like they forgot Otto was a person for uh, eight years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's back with uh, some humanity, actually. Yeah, it's so, uh, as they say on the commentary for the Otto show, they thought that he was their favorite character and that they'd even do a spinoff with him. And after they did one Otto-focused episode, they completely turn on him as a character and they underwrite him from then on he's only used for like weed jokes yeah it's like if we got to do a weed joke Otto will say it but that's pretty much it and it's funny like i can see why they stop using him because probably uh, harry Shearer doesn't like doing the voice it's a very raspy voice but also he is one of the elements of the show that is like just reeks of 1989 like oh this yes. character would not exist by like 1993 in in the real world right yeah and, and well and also like i after redoing season one it reminded me that Otto's original version the the original intent with the character was 
the guy that Bart talks to at school. Like, hey, Bart, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Otto, man. I want to do this thing. Hey, that's funny. I do this. That's, that's how the scenes I remember that quote. <laughs> uh, I've got that Burger King toy. Yeah, I want to do this toy. Uh, but but that was Otto's function. And I looked it up on, on Frankiac. I was trying to find, like, when was the last time? Because it happens in the scene. When was the last time Bart talked to Otto? And it was just a Bart Otto scene. The most recent the one before this episode I could find in Frankiac was in the start of Lisa Beauty Queen. And it's just where Bart goes, hey auto man i dare you to make the uh spinning thing go faster you got it and then he does it like that was the last time bart wow. I, that i could find i can't remember another one after that in like season four onward where bart talks to auto like and it starts a scene i guess dos bus is named after auto's bus but he's gone from that episode <laughs> yeah he's pulled away <laughs> yeah. and he's i guess he's he's talking to so there are scenes where he talks to all the kids and say like hey keep me down kids i can't think to myself and he's listening to music or whatever but that's kind of it like yeah but uh, yes, in this scene, Otto kind of takes on his old capacity. Otto, a red traffic light means what? <laughs> no time for brain teasers. Today's the day I asked my girlfriend to take a ride on the matrimony pony. Otto's got a girlfriend. Otto's got a girlfriend. That's right, I do. I know you do, baby. Otto, since when have you had a girlfriend? We met in the summer of love. Woodstock 99. Quick! I need some water! $8. Not in this lifetime. Can we place that song in the background? Of oh, Woodstock? I, I sadly know what it is. Uh, <laughs> Siri wasn't letting me know. There was not enough of it isolated. Uh, yeah, well, uh, fortunately, I found a website that pointed out, and I confirmed it listening to it, but it was Limp Biscuits. Show Me What You Got. Oh, perfect That's for that uh, immortal event. <laughs> yeah. The, the Summer of Hate. I mean, you got, mud. Uh, let's, let's talk about Woodstock 99 in case you don't uh, remember it, kids. Uh, let's talk about Woodstock 95. Uh, that was the nice one. One. Yeah, was, the mud yeah. was fun then. <laughs> but Woodstock 99, a dark day in music, honestly. I think it really captures how angry people were that like just this for no reason for no reason it was 1999 uh it's crazy that all the shit that they that they didn't know they had or that we didn't know we had but i you know when i was 17 did i feel angry all the time and not know what to do with that feeling yes yeah sure but uh and then of course you listen to angry music that makes you feel better like that i listened to weezer (laughs) i mean i did too (laughs) yeah but uh but i i I wish I listened to less Limp Biscuit than I did, oh. but I, did I got out clean of that era. I didn't touch it. I didn't touch the stuff. Uh, I, for some reason, I thought I was too good for Kid Rock, but not too good for Limp Biscuit. It's, <laughs> it's really weird. That's really a Boys Town, Crazy Town kind of thing. Uh, well, look, by the time he put out the second album, the the uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water, that was when I was done with Limp Biscuit. Too puerile for my that, taste. Yes, that, maybe that was when it hit me like, oh, wait a minute, what am I listening to? Well, I should also say I was growing up in Limp Biscuit's hometown of Jacksonville, so or we th- knew about it earlier than the rest of you folks in America. That's true. Did. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I was on some cool Aaron Carter, Britney Spears shit, so mm. I absolved myself. I was not involved in the uh, Limp Biscuit scene. There 
there is an Animal Crossing villager named Biscuit, and I won't let him into uh, my town for this reason. You got to quarantine. Uh, he's, he's spelled the that. same. I he's not allowed in my town. I was being an annoying iconoclast, listening to like new wave music and late '80s alternative. <laughs> I had no friends. Uh, I had nothing in common with my peers. Well, Woodstock '99 was right around the TRL era, where it was about the battle of like. You know, the Limp Biscuit, like Limp Biscuit and Britney Spears would be on the same list together. Same of like uh, Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It uh, it was a mix of things. But I will tell you that for research purposes, I, I, you guys, listeners, you owe me for what I did for you guys, which is I watched the entire hour long set that Limp Biscuit did in oh. at Woodstock 99. <laughs> and what did you get out of that? Um... I mean, it did really remind me of like, oh, this was an awful time. Like it was, uh, so at Woodstock 99, you know, it was a multi-day event in a very hot place on like, it was a retired army or Navy base. So they're all on hot tarmac the entire time. So you're just burnt, you're boiling there in this summer heat. Everybody is tired. Uh, the joke here with auto and the water, like the the joke was the water bottles were overpriced and some ATMs didn't work. So you couldn't get cash out to even pay for them and blah, all that stuff. There were a bunch of performances going on. On one day, they have a lot of more set, and then next or soon after is Limp Bizkit, and uh, <laughs> and Fred Durst is in the footage I watched. He is being incredibly hectoring to the crowd and just pushing them, and he's just like he says enough of this peace bullshit take that Birkenstock and shove it up your ass we're gonna break stuff right I bet everybody's feeling pretty mad right now I want to see everybody go crazy like we're here to have fun (laughs) he is taunting everybody into just anger and violence inciting a riot yeah and well especially like when he does break stuff it is like oh this is why everything got smashed it really is uh and then of course another uh disquieting thing about watching it now is that they film things that are sexual assaults in the crowd that was just treated as normal then and it's just a, a topless woman will be groped on camera by somebody she clearly doesn't know and it's just disgusting yeah like, it's just fucked Jeez. up yeah did they think they were going to have woodstocks every five years because there was 94 99 and then nothing and I, w- I was watching the 94 stuff and i'm sure it was a terrible time to be alive at that event <laughs> but it seemed just like a big muddy fun time when people sliding in mud and throwing mud at green day just yeah. mud 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 <laughs> i <laughs> You know, I do think it was that at 94, they had that mud stuff with a little chaos and that got played on MTV all the time. And so five years later, the next group of kids who went there, they're like, oh, is this how chaotic we are? We got to up it to be Where's on the TV. mud? Exactly. Did, yeah. they, did they actually have mud at 99? I remember it being muddy, but I could just be thinking of like the just horrible mud times of 94. Well, that's more because... Yeah. So, right, right, right. So the fire joke here with Woodstock 99 is that after Limp Biscuit, I, I can't remember if it's even the same day. It might've been the next day. But following Limp Bizkit, the the closers of Woodstock 99 are Red Hot Chili Peppers. And and in the audience, the story I saw was that there was a group dedicated to like peace, a peace demonstrators. They wanted to, during the uh, Under the Bridge song, they wanted to you know candles they wanted to show off candles and in a, in a nice action and of course those candles were instantly taken and used to start a bunch of fires sure. yeah and oh there 
there was a bunch of fiery destruction as the show ended and like there's like huge fires in multiple places there and leading to a lot of like fucked up pictures of dudes in front of fires like breaking things so uh yeah i think it was that looked so bad it ended Woodstock for from then on. And given when that event happened and when this episode aired, it was likely written like right afterwards. For sure, yeah. Mm. Well, also, it makes Otto seem like twice as iconoclastic, though, being there or not fitting in because anachronistic is the word I went to say there. It makes him twice as anachronistic because already as a headbanger, he doesn't feel like the 90s. But the thought of his... 1989 ass uh <laughs> listening to limp biscuit that makes him feel even more out of time and absolutely and there was an attempt to do a 50th anniversary of woodstock so that 99 was the 30th anniversary of woodstock right. they tried to do it last year but they couldn't sell enough tickets like there was a, a lack of interest <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so there now you understand the story of Woodstock 99 and uh, oh and I did also like the little joke of seeing Lisa's nostrils in the camera thing like yeah you forget they have nostrils these characters uh, they they on the commentary they they Stephen Dean Moore says the animators had a long conversation like how do we do a nostril on a Simpson uh, and <laughs> and I like Nelson stop hitting yourself video only because Millhouse just sits there as Nelson does like the slate, like stop hitting yourself, take whatever. It does. Millhouse doesn't realize he's the star of it as Nelson is saying that. I like that. We, I, yeah, I like Millhouse's like this might as well happen energy. Like just <laughs> you know, this is just my life. I'm let's put it on film. My fate. Yeah. In this uh, der crazy crowd restaurant, it's only appearance in this uh, in the series. Yeah, so, huh. I guess there was no other shtick to it. Yeah, I guess so. It's, I mean, it, it's a reference to like what well, was called Der Wiener Schnitzel one time, and now it's just Wiener Schnitzel, which I think is still open. I think so. Yeah. And uh, yes, this isn't tapped out because oh, if it exists in the show, you can probably pay money to see it on your phone. How, uh, man, Der Crazy Crowd, isn't that also kind of a, isn't that a little iffy as a word? I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Wiener Schnitzel dropped Der out of their th name in uh, 1977. Mm. That, that again feels like a very 80s kind of headbanger thing of like oh where would the where would a dirtbag's girlfriend work at oh she'd work the drive-through at der wiener schnitzel or like man. hot dog on a stick or whatever <laughs> yeah right yeah. i i read a thread on twitter the other day about how wiener schnitzel the actual food item has nothing to do with hot dogs and the guy who named wiener schnitzel was just like i guess he looked at his wife's cookbook and saw <laughs> wiener schnitzel and he was like wiener that's one of the words i'm looking for and then went with that for the name and so they dropped the dirt from it but it's still like a nonsense uh name that's just my quick aside of yeah. weird knowledge i have about wiener schnitzel <laughs> but i don't i don't think i've ever eaten in one of those whatever i, I don't think i've same. seen one i feel yeah. like in one of our hollywood in one of our talking simpsons goes to hollywood trips <laughs> I oh yeah like, they've got those like triangle buildings yeah i yeah. think we've walked by one or two but it's also like uh well hey bob do you want to eat whatever is the vegetarian option at the der wiener i'd rather go to the libertarian hot dog store where they make fun of you for getting the uh the weenie yes yeah i'll have a weenie the berkeley's famous libertarian hot dog shop which... i hope that's closed down forever <laughs> Okay, so this is where we get to see our guest star in the episode. Uh, Otto heads over to propose to Becky. Otto? Every rose has its thorn. 
Becky, you're my rose. Will you let me be your thorn? Oh, Otto, of course my answer is... Ooh, wait, 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 this solo is kick-ass! Nice. <laughs> Honey, could you turn it down? Okay, but this better be worth it. Yes, I will marry you. Cool. I also realize we've we've heard a lot about Otto's girlfriends, but never have seen them today. Oh yeah! Hey Crystal, <laughs> wake up! And also, uh, one of the episodes she's he's talking about going to see his girlfriend dance at the topless bar for like five minutes. Oh yes, yeah. From three fifteen to three thirty, or whatever right. the line is. Ah uh, man, the, he's he's had a few girlfriends back then. Yeah, though. Also, like uh, we haven't heard much about his tattoos anymore. He used to he used to have all those tattoos That's along right. with the girlfriends. <laughs> Again, like uh, you see, he was on my butt. Like, but this was where it really struck me how out of time Otto is because it's like who listened to Poison in 1999? Like, who would ever listen to that unless you were trying to be like, oh, I have an ironic thing to sing at uh, karaoke. Yeah. The answer is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, at, in, in this exact period of time, my dad has this mixed CD called Monsters of Rock. And oh. Every Rose Has Its Thorn was one of the songs. And that's the CD we listened to when we drive, uh, drove to my grandparents' house four hours away. It also included Tears for Fears and uh, Cherry Pie by Warrant. And so, you know, me, the answer is I was listening to Poison in 1999. <laughs> my, well, I take it back. My mom loved these monster <laughs> ballads, so I associate all of those with being in the car with her as a little kid. And, like, wow. I know so much of the Meatloaf Bad Out of Hell album. It's insane. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so your your mom and my dad would get along then. Yes. That's funny. You know, my, my mom did love Meatloaf, but that was the, I think that was as far as she went with rock songs she liked. Because if it was 80s rock, she just thought it was noise. I think my my mom's a little uh, slightly older than your guys is but uh she uh, i listen to bad out of hell a million times but never these songs like and they play this in front of a child <laughs> <laughs> this song uh, isn't about baseball at all <laughs> uh, but uh, but that poison uh that monsters of rock thing i remember that commercial a million times like monsters of rock they taught us how to live yeah, they taught yep. us how to love uh, <laughs> we're all just talking like auto now you're, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, fun it's fun but uh, but Becky, because she is a 1999, like, 20-year-old, why would she ever like Poison? She wouldn't give a shit about that. She'd be into, like, uh, alt stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's how she dresses, too. I mean... Oh, man, like, the uh, the overalls on top of, like, mm -hmm. a midriff-bearing shirt. That's such a... Oh, man. 90s dream. <laughs> Iconic. Yeah. Iconic look. Uh, yeah. It's uh, every, when ladies could dress like Mario and it was hot. <laughs> My mom wore overalls for, like, seven years. <laughs> They're easy, man. I'd, uh, I, you don't have to have one of those constraining belts. It's nice. <laughs> I also, I like Otto giving her an engagement ring that like looks like a head shop find of just a skull and then also it's just in balled up paper instead of wrapped up in any way but you're right they they found new utility for Otto because his character is now an anachronism so they're like okay now we can use Otto again because that that makes him funny yeah he's out yeah. of time now <laughs> and it can be about how Becky doesn't like that and who would and Poison got a big payday this week and uh from the Simpsons like they used three of their songs i believe or they just they resume the second use of the song that comes here is brett michaels from poison 
That is Brett Michaels. Yeah, yes. they wanted him to be on the show in uh, the Poison uh, Cover Band, but he didn't right. want to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, I could see he'd be like, that's, uh, he, he could think that's a little beneath like, him. I'll suppose. take your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's funny how the commentary, uh, yeah, they, Scully mentions that his daughters were watching the Brett Michaels-like reality show. The Rock, that of, was on, Rock of Love? I think Rock so. Rock of Love. Yeah. <laughs> With his, uh, and that's where we all learn that Brett Michaels, even during the act of love, will keep that headband on. He's not taking that <laughs> scarf even off. Even in head. surgery, he keeps it on. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> no, he had a health scare. I forgot about yep. that, yeah. Uh, so yes, Becky said yes. It's cute how all the kids are excited for it too. I like that. And oh yeah, Stephen Dean Moore. He shouts out to storyboarder John Achenbach as uh, he is a professional or he is a guitar player as well. And he tried to make sure that Otto's air guitar is as accurate as possible to that guitar solo. So they go in above and beyond there. That's uh, on the animator side. Oh, that's awesome. I also, I love the visual of the um, bus stop signs flapping, like an excitement. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess one of the kids must be doing that because <laughs> Otto's leaning out of the door, so he can't be doing it. Yeah. Or the bus has a mind of its own. Who knows? But <laughs> it's a I magic like it. bus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so then it cuts back to Marge and Homer. Okay. So who, after seeing Aliens, did this at least with like a pen or something? It's like five finger fillet is what it's called or oh, whatever. Called? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Maybe four fingers. Does a thumb count? It, I don't oh. know. <laughs> well, for Simpsons, it's, it's four fingers. I think it's called. I know it's called five finger fillet in Red Dead Redemption, mm. but oh. I I've heard just the knife game. I feel like it has a lot of different names, but I yeah, it would have to be in The Simpsons. Real heads call it the knife game. Uh, I I just <laughs> knew it from Aliens because it's so cool when Bishop's doing it in Alien, and then he puts his hand on top of the other guys and starts doing it. Like I think I did uh, it in school when I was bored, but I would never come down that hard because mm, I'm like I'm not yeah. gonna poke my poor little fingers. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I do it with a pencil or a pen. Obviously, not with a knife, but I think I would. Like I'd go faster and faster until I'd eventually smash my finger with my pen, and uh, you know, not that hard. Well, now you can do it in a video game. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually a mini game in in I think the original Red Dead Redemption as well as the second one. It was also in the adventure game Full Throttle back in the nineties. Uh, you could play it there too. I I really like on the commentary the writers make a funny pronouncement that Homer does a lot of crazy stuff in this episode because he's not the star and he's trying to pull focus <laughs> from Marge. He gets injured a lot in this first act there's blood and like pieces of flesh missing from him later i forgot how much he bleeds like it's a shot honestly a shocking amount of blood they did on tv uh but yes as homer's doing that marge gets the mail uh she opens up an invite to otto's wedding uh there's a joke i uh did not get as a youngster about rolling papers yep uh the invitations are printed on rolling papers apparently yeah. uh, uh zigzag which is still a brand you can still buy zigzag rolling papers for your doobies i still see them like in convenience stores oh really yeah okay oh, man. that uh though i mean in in the legal state of california we have so many other you know advanced ways it feels feels too old school to roll it up well i mean i also i never like smoking it. Mm. i may do edibles once every two it's... years and get freaked out kind of guy i will That's say it's just... not a very efficient way to smoke weed that, that's my problem with it yeah i i don't know a whole lot about rolling papers i just i get real anxious so that's i'm just like i'm i'm okay so i'm glad to understand the joke that's nice i was very confused watching this earlier 
It's funny to put the words zigzag in This Marge episode is well. all about making Marge say crazy things. That's true, <laughs> yeah. And also letting the, uh, this, uh, get, having a joke about zigzag rolling papers in your show in 2000, that's your wink to stoner culture. Like, hey, I get it. I, I've now had all I can stand of stoner culture, and I don't particularly care to hear more of it. I, uh, <laughs> but, but I guess that's because maybe it's partially because I live in a state where it's just legal now. Yeah, like and in Berkeley as well. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, after working as a cashier in Berkeley, I had had quite enough of stoner culture and stoned people for the rest of my life. <laughs> but yeah, so Marge finds out that the invitation is to the wedding at their home and uh, that she finds out that Bart, as he's done so many times, invited on their behalf a person to their house. I, I This is a, a weird logic thing, but it's like, where was Becky living before? Mm, yeah. It's I, weird that she suddenly has to live with the Simpsons. Like, were they had they buy a house together they're going to move into after they got married or what? Mm, yeah. Well, you'd also think that if her and Otto lived together, that place would have been in her name, not Otto's, because Otto couldn't get, get sign a lease anymore. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter, but I just found yeah. it odd. <laughs> That, I didn't that didn't even occur to me I was just like yeah when when your wedding goes bad you stay with the Simpsons I didn't even think about that I was like maybe she lives in the bus I don't know uh, that's that must be where Otto keeps his mustard now <laughs> sorry I'm tipping far ahead into the story but no no you're right this already sets up the like wait yeah is do they live together but uh, well speaking of things that uh, break continuity apparently this entire last two seasons <laughs> of the show the backyard has been full of Apu's wedding decorations and an elephant bart has had his elephant of his dreams for these two years <laughs> uh which obviously doesn't work in continuity because we have seen the backyard many times since apu's wedding but it's a great joke it's a nice wink to yeah we're doing this again yeah, we, the props are still there we did just do a wedding in their backyard we don't care we're doing it one more time this is where i guess it must have been either in this show or some other comedy where i learned the don't do rice at weddings anymore thing which uh is a perfect excuse to hear that bird violence jingle <laughs> everybody hates birds right True. <laughs> another joke at the expense of birds but yeah like when my mom got remarried in 91 uh i threw rice but that was the last time rice has ever been thrown in front of me mm, and it's uh so i guess it's still bird seed is what you fall you throw now if you throw anything I, th I don't think i forget what you actually throw but it, it's something that like dissipates uh, uh it's like it's like a more harmless uh item you throw i haven't thrown anything at a wedding that i've been to <laughs> i hope that this didn't jokes like these i hope didn't inform a lot of parts of the world about how to <laughs> kill birds but i i sadly think it probably has uh but i i love the parts like you're just telling me now Right off of it. apparently people throw uh lots of things instead of rice things like paper airplanes and dried herbs and bubbles or coconut shavings oh bubbles that i'd oh. want bubbles that's God. fun I, I like the bubbles i've seen sparkler exits where you have sparklers and hold them up oh, or that's whatever fun. that's nice yeah biodegradable nice. confetti Oh, oh, that's good too. I like that. The bird, bird seed one. At least you're also feeding birds through the uh, action of doing it. So it's nice in that way. Before my wedding got canceled in April, uh, <laughs> we were going to get married inside of a, an aviary, Aww. so no rice in there. Aww. 
That's right. Yeah. Or he, I think there was also a warning of uh, I was I was definitely told not to bring avocados yes. or anything. <laughs> Don't sneak those across the border. <laughs> I didn't realize those were. Now I'm telling people how to poison birds with avocados. I'm not meaning to do that. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. So as the wedding begins, I also in my third watch of it, that's when I paused it to note all the guests and like sober Barney is there, but they don't do any jokes with it. But I do see him talking to ben- Bernice Hibbert. Who, right. They must be sober buddies now. I think know? so. That that looks like a background touch to me that was intentional. Mm-hmm. And I, think so too. I love the return, the grand return of Patty and Selma, who are just, I think they're really just forgotten about in the Scully years. Oh, I, yeah. I love them so much mm-hmm. as characters. So it's good to see them come back. I think they come back a lot more in the gene years because he used them a lot more in his mm. seasons. So I, I welcome their return here. Yeah, it's kind of ups and downs for Patty and Selma because we remember like they were used so much in the first four years but then merkin didn't use them that much except for in the uh the homer uh, iou episode with them yeah i think that's the only big one for them they're they're big about like boring humor those characters Mm -hmm. and i think that's why oakley and weinstein like them too oh god yeah i mean listen to our live show we did with with bill oakley where he talks about how happy he was to to bring back patty and selma in such a big way uh but yeah i think they appear here for this one-off joke also just to indicate that like they're going to appear later for an important plot point so may as well set them up earlier and i like too that they're wearing black to a wedding like that's that's great that's a cruel thing to do honestly it's not remarked upon in any way either uh but yes uh the wedding guests are all chatting it up here son your mother and i don't approve of this marriage as we have not approved of any part of your life to date. Well, the important thing is you came. We're leaving. <laughs> Drive safe. <laughs> Always a bridesmaid. Only occasionally a bride. Lisa, it's time you learn the truth about men. They're pigs? The bitterness is strong in this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, any words for the bride and groom? Not now, Bart. I'm trying to urinate. You don't seem to be trying very hard. It's very weird, Bart filming Skinner in the bathroom. That's an odd, <laughs> odd moment there. What is this uh, project going to be about? I, I don't know. I, I feel like Skinner should just you, put it away and slam the door. Like, that's all you got to do. It's also funny just to see Skinner in the kid's bathroom to pee because that is the only guest room, guest bathroom they have. I've never seen an adult urinate in that room yet in the series <laughs> history, so this is a precedent. But what I like about this scene is... After Faithoff's astounding lack of respect for continuity by making Bobby Peterson the hip dean into an old man, this remembers the line from the auto show, the Admiral and I don't get along. That's right. When Marge says, why don't you go back and live with your parents? He says, the Admiral and I don't get along. So we took eight years, but we met the Admiral. That's so great. Yeah. That's so great. And then he's like... He could have been any guy in a suit, just a mean dad, but that he is fully dressed up to be the Admiral. And and I love, too, that it shows that Otto, that line in the Otto show implies they have a bad relationship. But in this moment here, it's like it seems entirely one-sided. Yeah. His parents hate him in every choice he makes, but Otto's like, thanks for coming. <laughs> More uh, importantly, we're leaving. Yeah, I love that. We're leaving. <laughs> Drive safe. Like that's that's great. Yeah, and and also the design on the mom, I really liked her too because the admiral doesn't look like him, but the mom does. So you can see like, oh, he, he favors his mom in the looks too. I. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed on the commentary it was George Meyer who was like really excited that the Admiral was there. I wondered if it was that 
you know, when they thought they'd do an auto spinoff, if they, if he was part of the group saying like, oh yeah, and his dad's an admiral and they all pitched it out and this is the most they ever did with it. I, I it took eight years though. And yeah. that finally paid off that line. I, I was howling as an 18 year old watching this. <laughs> And uh, I also love the animation of Patty and Selma kind of like this uh, void consuming Lisa with their negativity. Like she's crushed between them and her hand is trying to pull out and she can't. I like that. And also continuity. They remember Selma's been married multiple times as well. So that's great. They're yeah. making up for their faith off blunder. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I do like the the Patty and Selma interaction with Lisa a lot just because I, I don't know. I, I like that Lisa is clearly uncomfortable, but also it's kind of an on brand conversation for lisa mm -hmm. so I, I don't know as a as a young when i was like a young feminist there were definitely things where i was like oh i don't know if i would go that far um and i get that vibe from lisa so i mm. i appreciated that a lot patty and selma are giving her permission to be that negative towards men <laughs> yeah. uh, they're encouraging it i and uh yeah that only occasionally a bride line that's great too because patty and selma normally would just be like they're the spinsters who hate being at weddings but they have to recognize that they already parlayed that into like Selma's want to be married has already been used in so many plots where it is like, wow, Selma gets married that now they have to just go like, yeah, she's been married a lot of times. And Patty's now. former flame Seymour Skinner is there at the wedding. That oh, must be awkward. Right. Oh, that has to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's there with Edna. They should. Uh, I mean, by this point, I think Patty knows herself well enough and is has uh, put down Skinner as a, a flight of heterosexuality <laughs> that is long past at this time. That lingering threat has snapped. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, as everybody's preparing for the wedding, we have a cute little like Homer is James Bond scene of trying to steal the cake or successfully stealing the cake. I like that Lisa tells them, like, you you can't cut that. It's it's for the bride and groom. That's just a superstition. I like the reality <laughs> of a cake. They could just suck the filling out of a cake. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but Homer ate 90% of a wedding cake through suckage in, in, suckage. in a matter of seconds. Uh, but I love that it's like... They give it a James Bond music because it is supposed to look like, oh, Q would have given him a thing like this looks like a cigarette case, but actually it's a tube for eating cake. It's a cake sucker. Cake sucker. <laughs> the, uh, the image of the deflated cake has stuck with me too. Like that's, that's something that I think about occasionally yeah. just the, the like, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny to me of all the ways to destroy a wedding cake. Deflation is not one of them i like that image I, a lot. I really enjoy homer's comments of that's just a superstition when yeah. lisa goes dad the bride and groom cut the wedding cake uh, and, and i love that lisa has to take a knife away from her father it's an eight-year-old girl who's like you can't have this knife <laughs> uh but yes after homer eats some cake we then cut to becky and marge which uh begins the relationship central to this episode and you know there's a lot of nagging wife jokes with marge in this one but at yeah. least it gives her something to do i guess compared to other episodes also in this next clip i really like the generational divide between becky and marge i i like that mm, becky you look beautiful i thought you might want to see this bridal magazine it's got 900 tips for the perfect marriage all don't. <laughs> I will be fine. Otto's got a clean police record and he doesn't do any needle drugs. Well, the real key, according to sexperts, is mutual interest. No prob. We like all the same things. Except... Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't tell Otto, but I'm not into heavy metal and he loves it. He refers to our lovemaking as the Headbangers Paul. Oh, 
you can fix little defects like that with gentle nagging. Make it part of the background noise of your relationship. That's how I polished Homer into the perfect Homer. No, that's ice! Oh, that's a painful sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a piece of tongue stuck to the ice sculpture, too, when he <laughs> leaves the scene. Which he just walks away smiling from. I did completely forget this episode features Homer ripping off like 20% of his tongue. Which is pretty insane. And uh, Marge is excited. Mm-hmm. Yes. When she, she sees a weakness. Because, uh, yeah, you're right, generational. She thinks like a marriage should be adversarial. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's She doesn't understand how Becky and, and Otto were so happy together. Though I think you're seeing Becky's low standards come out with when she says like, doesn't use any needle <laughs> drugs. Like, that's good enough for her. Yeah, I love that because... I, I think like a lot of people have had a female friend say something like, oh my God, he's so great. He like, he texts me back on time. He takes out the trash. Like, I'm so excited about him. And it's like, <laughs> really, he takes out the trash. Like, that's amazing. So I, I liked the little thing about needle drugs specifically as <laughs> or, a, a bar. <laughs> or you'll like see a Facebook update, like my hubby loaded the dishwasher. I'm spoiled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's like uh, he lives there. He should yeah. do that. I I also love Marge's presentation of that guide that's like all don'ts like that (laughs) that it shows the magazine she's reading are also just telling women everything you do wrong or just like don't do this don't do that obsessive bride from the publishers of fretful mother i'm guessing oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i get i bet they see you like well once they're done with obsessive bride then they graduate to fretful mother Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it totally makes sense that Becky would not like heavy metal, but this, I feel like, uh, and Marge is at least correct in saying like, well, you don't have to all, you don't have to like all the same things in a relationship like it. And Becky shouldn't feel like she can't say that, but I guess when it is Otto's main reason for living, I can see why she didn't want to say that to him. Yeah. And also like the thing he used to propose to her, like yeah. everything about their relationship seems to be around a heavy metal, and which ta- is so like, I don't know what their other common interests even are at this point. <laughs> Though, I mean, for Otto's case, maybe he just assumed she was into it because she was at Woodstock 99. Like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no explanation why she was there other than, uh, I mean, probably a friend, maybe a friend took her. There's other know. kinds of music there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's weirder that Otto was there to be fair. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, and uh, also talk about anachronisms. Bring up Headbangers Ball. I checked. That ended in 1995. Like, wow. It had been over yeah. for four years, which if you don't know Headbangers Ball, that was the, it, it's pretty simple. Just for two hours, MTV played heavy metal music videos. Was they that, called it that. The Matt Pinfield program? Uh, no, that was 120 minutes. Oh, I thought so. It, okay. I think that was the Ricky Rackman one was Headbangers Ball, but uh, that was. Uh, 120 minutes, also a two hour program. That's right. Yeah. That Now that was the one. See, they gave two flavors. If you were a Headbangers you'd watch that if you were a soft boy you watched uh, 120 minutes and, and bought the cd of all the songs on it like i did that beard of bees one that oh the yeah. that, everybody had that one if you were uh, almost 40 you had that one <laughs> uh but marge's line of like you can fix that with gentle nagging like that's also a real window into the character they're writing with marge in yeah this so one. the background noise of your relationship is just nagging yeah <laughs> Uh, and I, I do like, though, the, the pure denial Marge always has of just like, 
and that's how I fixed Homer. And then it cuts to Homer being completely unfixed and a monster. <laughs> He's a changed man, Lisa. <laughs> a change. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great one. That's one of the best ones of those. It's time for the uh, the ceremony. Have a little joke about honorariums and em- emoluments. 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 Uh, we've heard that a lot in the Trump era because it's, oh, the emoluments clause. Oh, uh, we're going right. to get old Donnie oh. with that clause in the Hatch right. Act. Yeah. Oh, God, I, God. Uh, we're gonna spring a hatch act trap on him uh, the day before he leaves office. You know, I, uh, you know, I did. Uh, I got married at the courthouse. I didn't pay nothing to that guy. I probably mm. should have. Honestly, I think back to it now. It was just such a crazy day. I wasn't thinking of anything. I probably should have just given that guy like twenty bucks as a thank you. Like, hey, thanks for doing that. Just put it right in his pocket, and stuff it in there, and pat it. <laughs> yeah. That's for you. But that guy was nice. You remember? I was him, there. I was a witness. Yeah, it was the first right. time I witnessed anything officially. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I certainly didn't bring a poison tribute band to to my uh, wedding, and uh, we didn't even sing poison at the karaoke that night. Uh, but uh, but yes, the tribute band appears uh, for a second. They're drawn to look like regular poison. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, that is when it's a step too far for Becky. You got poison to play at our wedding? For cyanide, a loving tribute to poison. We need a ride home! You expect me to walk down the aisle to a monster ballad? Let me talk to Otto. Well, that's okay. I guess this is sort of... our song! Well, it doesn't have to be. Otto's just going to have to decide what's more important. Is heavy metal or you? (laughs) Becky, what have I done here? I'm so sorry. In about 15 minutes, I take off that wedding dress, or you're going to look crazy. I always think of that joke, and I don't know if I'm being mean-spirited, but if someone has their wedding picture as their Facebook profile pic for too long, (laughs) I'm like, you're starting to look a little crazy. Was that really? You've had no better day than this? Uh, That's only if it's like three years after their wedding. I'm just like looking at my watch like, that was in 2016. I feel like with those folks, they would have had a kid, and then they graduate to like a baby picture or something at that point. But that song that Cy and I was playing was Poison's Nothing But A Good Time Mm. from 1988. Mm. I looked at the lyrics, and it's weirdly like about like a working Joe just trying to have a fun time with his gal on a Saturday night. Uh, I was not expecting a working class uh, ballad from Poison. Yeah, from a hair <laughs> from the crimpiest um, of hair metal bands. That's crazy. I've never I never looked at those lyrics. I well, I liked in the Every Rose Has Its Thorn bit that Otto misunderstands the metaphor and he's like, you're my rose. Can I be your thorn? It's like, that's not what, that's not what every rose has a thorn. That's not what the saying is about. I, I also really like the, uh, another credit to the animation team under Stephen Deedmore is the, I like the layout of March saying, He's going to have to choose between his heavy metal or Becky and the way it goes from like heavy metal on one side and then it pans over to Becky to lay it out more as an either or kind of choice. I, I, I like that posing mm-hmm. a lot. And uh, and yeah, they just uh, auto is pretty awful. Just driving like, like, oh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I'm leaving with in my school bus with the heavy metal with the poison tribute band. And we're just going to party. He's <laughs> off to being a joke character once again. <laughs> yeah. To, mm-hmm. to have one line every time somebody smokes weed or something 
I just I like how like Marge immediately blames her. Like it it all becomes Marge's fault, even though that there was a problem in their relationship. And then Marge posing the question of the ultimatum has then ruined everything yeah. um, instantly. Which I I don't understand, but I I'm, I'm here for it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the Becky even Becky in a very sad girlfriend or fiance way of going like no i guess it is our song like that's her like giving up and and marge did the right thing she's seeing like oh this is a very unhappy start to a, a marriage like i have to end this right now or give mm-hmm. an ultimatum like marge i guess marge as homer will say she butted <laughs> her head into a somebody else's relationship but it did help them, like, or it helped Becky in the end. Unfortunately, Becky's yeah. job, I think, was dating a poo, so she's got to find a place to live now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or Otto, you said. Oh, no. sorry, Otto. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, two syllable names. Uh, in a in a wedding thing as well that just happened. Yeah, yeah that's what confused me. The elephants. Uh, I like too that then uh, Bart offers Becky to stay there as well, just doing it again, just offering up their place. Again, and- winking at the idea like we have so many people just crashing with us, including Otto. It was Otto's turn last time. Uh, yeah. So in the sequel to the Otto show, his uh, his ex fiance lives with them. I love Homer's pronouncement too. Like it's settled. The stranger will stay with us. <laughs> and it's a lot like the Otto show in that you can see how he interacts with the kids, you know, yeah. or she does in her own way. Uh, I also, Homer uh, is so mean with his, it's better now than when you're too old and fat to get another man. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, uh, though Homer scolds Marge of like, oh, you're wrecking weddings. And it's like, no, Homer has wrecked way more weddings than Marge. Like, he almost ruins the Apu wedding with his uh, distasteful dressing up as the god Ganesh. Uh, he <laughs> actually should have... By failing to ruin Selma and Troy's wedding, he actually did ruin their wedding by not revealing that it was a sham. And uh, in the future, you know, he kind of ruins right. Lisa's wedding and that uh, fictional wedding. Uh, and then he also own. destroyed the cake, we must not forget. So yeah. he did play a part in it. You're actually, su- he did ruin You're it. supposed to make Homer a separate cake to ruin. Marge should know this by <laughs> <That's> now. <right. laughs> uh, actually, you know, Marge saved them even more disappointment because already Becky would have been heartbroken that she she gave up and let Otto surprise her with a poison tribute band playing her down the aisle and then what happens after that they try to cut the cake and it's a pile of frosting there are a lot of questions like why are we getting married in the backyard of a boy who you drive to school yes also that. <laughs> uh, oh and, right, and also like oh, yeah. a day after the proposal presumably it happens no, at least within the same week I think at yeah. the very least like uh, uh, Otto had time to send out invitations to people so at least a couple days have passed but not too long (laughs) yeah uh oh and i forgot to it's uh so funny mo stealing presents and getting the shrimp carefully laid in his (laughs) mouth uh that's so so great Matt, head to tail, if it more that Stealing the, the ring cushion, too? Yes. Must be the softest <laughs> pillow he owns now. And the eight presents he bought. I love that. But just how... I love the pacing of it. How long we have to watch Lisa place shrimp into his mouth, and then him say, like, there's a sauce in there, too. And just the pouring of sauce. It's so weird, but I, I love it. I love it. how awkward it is. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so she's moved in, and uh, she's already fitting in his Homer... Uh, tries to change the oil and cover David Bowie. 
Ch-ch-ch-changes, time to change the oil. Changes! Don't want to be an oily man. A man innocently changes his oil when a two-ton car comes crashing down. <laughs> crashing down. Who'd have thought you could hold up a car with a wicker basket? <laughs> That's good. And I accidentally activated a deleted scene on the DVD where oh. uh, Homer says, I saved 1995 and no waste disposal fee. And he throws the bucket of oil into a bird bath where it coats birds in their bath. So more bird violence in this oh, episode. That's right. They cut other bird violence. Yeah. Right? Maybe they cut it because it wasn't violent enough. It's just it's oil hitting birds. You don't see them die. Yeah, we need to see some bird death. <laughs> uh, and But it's classic Homer too, like uh, throwing something into Ned's lawn, like fuck, fuck Ned kind of joke uh and he's still he's still a morning homer give him a break uh <laughs> i like homer singing the changes parody yeah too. that was good oh yeah i there, love that there are more fun made-up lyrics if you listen over the dialogue of bart oh i should listen closer i was so distracted by by bart trying to murder homer like for for comedy's sake i guess bart has seen homer survive worse so. yeah the wicker basket is a great reveal yeah uh that's great and and just the way nancy says wicker basket is it's funny to me too <laughs> yeah I, I like that joke that's there's there's some good ones in this episode for sure and uh so you see becky and marge having a nice time making dinner together and you're right she is dressed like mario yes. for the rest of the episode <laughs> uh though mario's never shown that much midriff that's true and uh in my dreams he would but not yet, <laughs> not yet. hey hey what about shirtless mario okay sure yes yeah shirtless mario. mario oh yeah mario has no nipples right uh yeah. well in that's o- a big yeah in odyssey he does in some uh, games he doesn't have nipples but in odyssey if you you have to pause the screen and look real close but i've seen him i've looked close to those <laughs> more, just more continuity issues all across the board <laughs> uh but yes they're they're cooking together and uh I like you can see Becky is taking the skins off the potatoes, but putting them in the same bowl she's going to mash them up in. So that's uh, her secret right there. And we have to remember, I'm, I'm not sure at which point Becky went to the hardware store, but up to a certain point, she was planning on killing Marge and uh, burying that's her. Right. You know, I think she was planning to kill Marge up until she takes them out to ice cream later, because that's when she does have a new apartment. So I think that's when she gave up on usurping her. I think before the ice cream parlor they did go to the hardware store and that's when she couldn't decide <laughs> and she's like all right you know what i'm just gonna go with plan b new apartment gonna buy you all ice oh sorry cream. it was shovels she was buying oh, right not right. hammers yeah that's right <laughs> uh but yes marge and becky are cooking together and at first it all seems to be going well now lisa's going through this phase where she doesn't eat any meat so i usually sneak a little meat juice into her vegetables wow you're a real life martha stewart i mean without the evil yeah May I? Mmm, yummers. Nobody's ever called my gravy yummers before. Mmm, you know it'd be really nuts? A little rosemary. Ooh, ooh, I've always wanted to use rosemary in something. Mmm, mom, this gravy tastes better than God's sweat. Thanks to our own Spice Girl, (laughs) Becky. Well, mom, you really brought out the mung in these beans. Actually, that was Becky, too. What are these things in the mashed potatoes? That's the skins. I left them on. Well, nobody's perfect. Let me just pick those up. <laughs> oh, Becky, 
Your potatoes are the best I've ever had. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Dan's extra bit there. Oh, like, God. Oh, God. Yeah, he's the he really is digging into the excitement at Becky's food, seemingly not knowing how uh, it could be read as insulting to Marge. I got to say, though, I turned on Marge in this bit here because it's actually pretty awful to secretly feed animal products to a vegetarian. Yeah, especially yes. if it's uh, I don't think it's for religious reasons for Lisa, but it's still vile. Yeah, people. I, I agree. I don't like that. People on the internet hated it back in the day too. They're like, but "That's a real evil act of Marge." Yeah, it's yeah. well, and also her calling it a phase like that. That in general, kind of mom thinking towards a kid doing anything they disagree with and calling it a phase is like that. Also, has a lot of negative connotation. Yeah, and just tampering with someone's food in general. I mean, I I didn't eat meat for a really really long time, um, and. I basically just made my own meals because like my parents, my parents were just like, I don't know what, what, like I was so picky. They didn't know what to do with me. So mm. who knows? <laughs> I, they definitely would not have stooped so low as to sneak meat juice into my food though. I, I feel like it's also like, you're supposed to think it's funny that Marge is doing that because uh, we also just did the Poplars episode of Futurama oh, where yeah. it was like really just vegetarian bashing. It's true. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it was a time to hate 2000 was a time to hate vegetarian and Martha Stewart mm -hmm. as well. If every uh, business criminal went to jail for what Martha Stewart went to jail for, there'd be no business. It'd just <laughs> yeah. be like, uh, just no businesses at all could, right. could run at all. Yeah, I feel like the... I mean, obviously, as uh, as a lefty type dude, I'm not like this rich person shouldn't go to jail for a business crime. But you're right, Bob. These this is <laughs> Martha Stewart was really singled out for a thing that is not used against pretty much any other rich person. One, one famous yeah. people, one famous person goes to jail every 20 years, so they could be like, see, see, yeah, that's justice. <laughs> Bernie Madoff was the last one. Who's the next one? Who's the who's the <laughs> next single or single one? It happens to. Uh, but calling Martha Stewart evil in two thousand, that was just like that's just dudes complaining about their wives' favorite person. Like that's all it was. Yeah, I hesitate to be like. I wonder why it was Martha Stewart specifically that this happened to. Was it the sexism? But I do think there's an element of that in. I mean, yes, she is a criminal, but there's an element of sexism in the criticism of Martha Stewart or the narrative around Martha Stewart, for oh. sure. Oh, yeah, sure. and a lot of it was like, oh, she thinks she's a little Miss Perfect, doesn't she? Well, yeah. that too, yeah. yeah. People just don't like that, that she seems too perfect or she she has too many wonderful home plans. Or also like, oh, yeah, she lives in like a giant mansion, like every fucking rich person does. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I just want to shout out the I've always wanted to use Rosemary in something joke. That's my personal favorite joke of the episode. <laughs> I don't know exactly why I like it. I just love that. That is it like too fancy for Marge? <laughs> is she is she like not accustomed to improvising in recipes? I don't know. I love that that's like the most delightful thing she's ever heard. Huh. Well, you know, she's never heard of oregano either. That's true. <laughs> Rosemary yeah. must be one of her four spices. Yeah. Like salt and pepper. <laughs> I I love that Marge is so I read it, yeah, I like that line because I read it as Marge is so boring that she's even owned like she's bought some rosemary at the store before, but she's never had the guts to use. It. one she's of these like, days uh, that's so uh, i there's also a weird moment on the commentary where matt selman's just like i wish my wife made mashed potatoes and gravy she doesn't make any for me you know that's not the first time he's complained about his wife on a commentary <laughs> a lot of, a oh lot my of God. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of I've, i have a feeling matt selman thinks his wife doesn't listen to commentary i think so <laughs> uh and i really like marge's like kind of 
mom joke of saying our own spice girl <laughs> like that's yeah. cute i like that uh but yes then we uh the bloom starts to fall off the rose of uh, becky for marge uh i definitely when she's doing the kung fu with bart i love marge's reaction of like stop kicking my baby <laughs> uh but i feel like her being good at kung fu is a very buffy kind of thing mm. and, which fits yeah. in with her like kind of sarah michelle galar look to her as well yeah there is like an element of buffy i mean even toward the end of the episode too like oh yeah just kind of this whole vibe with her that uh, i mean like you know to, uh, the thing that cut like the more perfect becky gets though the more i'm like why was she with Otto in the first place like she's so, if she's so amazing and everyone loves her what why did she settle for Otto? i think just but, terrible self-esteem i think so yeah, yeah. that's why been there i think I mean, that's too why she puts up with the heavy metal right <laughs> Yeah, the, the men of Springfield, there's not a lot to choose from, I guess. So, you know, she went with the one she had the most in common with. There was no other like 20 something year old man in the entire town. <laughs> yeah, that's also as as the creators of Mission Hill uh, were inspired by. Other than Otto, there is no person between the ages of 18 and 30 that you can write jokes about on The Simpsons. <laughs> I like how helpful she is, but these miscommunications are pretty silly, especially like how how close she gets with her kicks to Marge. Yeah. She's like, no, I have awesome control. Again, she's still <laughs> planning to kill Marge and steal yeah. the family. I think, you know, when you think of that, it makes sense that Marge tells her to stop and then Becky kind of pauses and then keeps kicking in her face. Like that's that's a jerk move on Becky's part. But there's there's a little thread they don't really I wish they if I could add one line to this, it should be in this act, Marge should say, Is you think Becky's mad at me for ruining her wedding or mm. something? Like Yeah, you forget about that entirely. Yeah. That thread. That should at least lead Marge to like if you're trying to figure out why Marge would start to suspect Becky, she should also say, like, Well, yeah, and she hates me because I ruined her wedding. Yeah, play up the motive more. You're right. Yeah. Right. Because uh, she I mean, Patty and Selma plant that seed, but there is an actual reason for Becky to dislike Marge. <laughs> Besides uh, wanting to get Homer in bed. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, first a uh, real quick clip of Marge getting sick of Becky. We're jamming, Mom. She's painting my music and I'm playing to her painting. Isn't it wonderful to have a hip female influence in the house? Yes. Well, I guess I'll go roll socks. It's not hip, but it has to be done. Actually, you could just tie them at the ends. That way, the elastic doesn't wear out. <laughs> yes, I hate when things get worn out. Mm. Socks, welcomes. Ooh. That's, uh, that's as like passive aggressive as Marge has ever been on the show, I think. Yeah. Uh, though I'm going to, you know what? I'm listening to Becky. I, yeah. I, I used to roll. I still was rolling my socks. I need to start tying them up. I, I, I've graduated to putting one sock inside the other sock. Oh. So they're, they're always organized as a pair. It's like a but treasure I did hunt. For a, yeah. I did for a while do the tying at the ends because it was better for the socks. Uh, you know, now I own, I have bought the same pairs of socks so many times that I, I don't run out of any of them. That's my plan with socks. I just <laughs> buy the same dozen, a new dozen every year. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, I also like how Marge is feeling kind of threatened here of just like Lisa by calling Becky a hip female influence is, you know, telling Marge you're a musty old lady. Like yeah, I <laughs> with nothing to teach me. Uh, 
and uh, so yes marge heads off to her sisters i uh they pointed out in the commentary it's a really it is more good posing marge is uh, like placed in between them so they're both kind of like bombarding her with questions and fears to to, to uh, push her farther and i do think the sisters really come off as the type of people who watch all these types of movies and believe them to be just real life and like oh yeah that's what happens all the time it doesn't really <laughs> uh play out in the scene for any reason but i like that they're having their nice like long island iced teas while they're talking to marge oh yeah for yeah. no reason they're not like drunk or anything they're just like we're all relaxing and having like lady time together yeah what, what do women drink when they hang out long island iced teas yeah that's a ticket yeah i love the long island iced tea because that's one of marge's demons also oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh that'll cause a lot of problems in the in the next season <laughs> yeah uh, though yeah i feel like these jokes here i say this a lot when i say something reminds me of something critic it's also in that the movies they're referencing are all like early 90s movies not late 90s movies that's true yeah uh yeah. and i feel like now these jokes would be replaced with just like watching dateline or other true crime tv things mm. like oh well you remember that one story on true crime tv about like the husband who murdered his wife with a pickaxe or whatever uh but uh, but here it's about patty and selma warning marge via movies she's so helpful and everyone loves her and well this may sound crazy but i think my family likes becky more than me <laughs> i wouldn't worry about that really yeah you're gonna be dead in a week anyway dead in a week what are you talking about look honey Never let an attractive woman into your house. All they ever do is usurp your family and then kill you. Like that documentary, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. That was a movie. Look, all we know is she's going to shoot you or stab you or boil you. Or club you with an antique wooden doll. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Oh, but first, she's going to seduce your husband. Becky's going to seduce Homer? <laughs> it's an act of violence, not love. Oof. It's, uh, is the wooden doll thing from the hand that rocks the cradle i looked that up i don't think so is the boil I, you thing from like fatal attraction or something that's you what think? i think that's from yeah. yeah i i experts on 90s anxiety women anxiety movies please tell me uh where that clubbing doll is from because i i looked up plot synopsis synopses of like that and single white female like those aren't in there so uh unless there's a scene i missed in uh hand the rocks a cradle but tell if you listeners let me know in the comments where that wooden doll clubbing is from it's it's interesting because the format of the format of that joke like you said is like it could easily have been dateline or like you know it, it, it very well could have just been we saw a couple of episodes of stories of somebody getting murdered and this yeah. is how it was done but they went with the movie which is an interesting choice for sure mm -hmm. that again it feels like the al Jean kind of thing like and uh did you see this deleted scene bob that no comes after this? I, I didn't see that other one uh so this is the only other big deleted scene in it it's that marge they stay with patty and selma for just a little bit longer where they tell marge i think in another reference to a movie they tell marge to make sure to drown her and hold her underwater for five minutes because... oh that's fatal attraction okay yeah then, yes yeah so in it because uh they instruct her but if you don't know the reference to fatal attraction then it's a more grim scene of just like this is them telling marge how to effectively drown a person <laughs> and then it cuts to marge coming home and she sees that everybody is smiling and happy as becky teaches maggie how to play the piano and it's playing like scary philip glass kind of dun dun mm -hmm. 
dun, dun, dun. So I think that is another direct hand that rocks a cradle reference. Hmm. So hmm. those those are the two little cut bits there. Then we get a very visual scene of Marge, Marge being scared by Becky at night. Returning the hairdryer, which the silhouette looks like a handgun. Yes. But it also cocks like a gun, too. I love that. Uh, and and then the hairbrush looks like a knife. Don't like, lend someone your hairbrush. It's too intimate. Yeah, honestly. like, And it's going to be full of blue hair that mixes in with her blonde hair. Like, it's dangerous. I also love just the act of trying to return a hairdryer and hairbrush, like presumably in the middle of the night. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when all the lights are off and you're like, hey, here you go. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, like, did she do that because she was trying to scope out the place? Is she still trying to hatch her mm. murder plot at this point? Like, I think it, so. It's just yeah. a bizarre, <laughs> I mean, honestly, bizarre I, thing to do. It's such a big cheat at the end. I don't think we're ever supposed to think that. Like, yes, I think yeah. like she's just innocent for the entire thing. But uh, yeah. Uh, right. I, 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 I like thinking about it in that lens, though. Like, totally. what if she is plotting this whole time? <laughs> right. Uh, and I guess, well, they put that line in at the end because otherwise Marge is actually kind of mentally unbalanced. And so uh, by putting that in there, it's like, oh, then I guess Marge wasn't seeing things like here. But here she is seeing things like I, I also another little animation bit I only noticed this time is when she's shake, trying to shake Homer awake to see this. Like it's posed like she would be pulling on his shirt, but she's pulling on his gut, like huh. on his on his <laughs> stomach flab, and pulling it like it's a, a a piece of fabric. That's funny too. Marge heads off to the grocery store. She's looking very worried. Uh, she's asked to get some semolina flour, which is used to make couscous. So uh, I guess well, you just buy. I would just buy it fresh off the rack. I wouldn't go to the trouble of making it. Same. <laughs> That's a lot of work just to make yeah. couscous. Yeah, a lot of work. And I also love like Becky. Uh, if again, if you think of this as sinister, Becky, uh, her saying like you can learn a lot from your kids if you just listen to them. Like that is a dick move by her to say that. I to feel Marge. like Becky is being passive aggressive because uh, that out, you know wearing out your welcome thing that Marge said. I feel yeah. like she's uh, she's they're trading barbs at this point. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she keeps a smile on her face, uh, which makes her look innocent and the mom evil. Which is again what happened a lot in those clips from Hand That Rocks the Cradle I watched. <laughs> And I, I do really like the joke. It's maybe my favorite like dialogue joke that I didn't get a clip for in here. But having Mart say like, ah, you think of the best comeback after you leave. Shut up, Becky. <laughs> uh, Shut up, uh, Becky is the quote of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Becky. <laughs> uh, and so... Marge, as she's driving, it turns out that she can't hit the brakes. She sees the brake cuts, the brakes cut light comes on. <laughs> I love that too. And we find another variant of the classic men carrying pane of glass through a chase scene <laughs> in that the glass is indestructible. Yeah. And they go, wow, tough glass. <laughs> Just gets flattened down on the ground and then they pick it right back up. I'm excited to see any new variant on this joke. Man, what else can you do with it now? Well, there was the one where the men just throw it in the dumpster That's after they avoid. Too, uh, yeah. yeah, there's been at least one more in the show. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, then there's a joke of the world's largest speed bump and seemingly to set up that Marge is going to be launched off of it. Instead, she crashes right through it. Uh, that's a good little one. Uh, and so then in the next scene, we get a spin on a scene that also is in all these types of movies, also like Cape Fear. And I mean the movie Cape Fear, not the uh, the Simpsons episode called the same thing, where a cop says they can't do anything, which I feel like that was a real thing in 80s and 90s movies that 
felt like it was fic- fictional cops who had too many rules put on them and they wanted to do work but the dang law gets in the way it was that and to answer all the questions in the audience like why don't they just call the cops yes it's sort yeah. of like your phone going dead in a horror movie now it's like something you have to get out of the way <laughs> yeah you're right that is the cover for it like how do we cover this thing with the co- i i was just watching an old community with commentary where he talked about how uh the creator of the show dan Harmon. he talked about how how do you write around there's no cell service kind of things because he's thought that was too obvious so he had to be like uh it's a holiday weekend so even when they call the cops they're too busy yeah that's it and that's that's their excuse here as uh, as wiggum explains very carefully in a way a cop in a movie would i don't know simpson how do i know you didn't cut your own brakes why would i do that i don't know get some attention from a handsome police officer that's crazy. Look, I know I don't have any proof, but this woman is trying to kill me. Uh, fine. Let me tell you what I tell everybody who comes in here. The law is powerless to help you. Do I have to be dead before you'll help me? I'm not dead, dying. You, no, 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 don't walk away. Wait, how about this? Just show me the knife. In your back. Not too deep, but uh, it should be able to stand by itself. Yeah, the cop commentary is always uh, prescient. Yes. It's never dated. <laughs> yeah. Especially oh. the callback to this is, oh, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I I also, I forgot there was a joke in here that Wiggum thought Marge was hitting on him and then is disappointed she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike Mo, not a running gag of Wiggum in love with Marge, which like which is good because Wiggum's married, okay? <laughs> yeah, be careful, Wiggum. Yeah, I think he just needs it for his ego more than uh, <laughs> wanting Marge particularly. I guess Wiggum already got caught with that uh, that wild dancer, that the <laughs> oh, right. dancer in, uh, oh, yeah. the, in the 18th Amendment episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, in that one, too. Yeah, he's he has a lot of mistakes. Uh, yes, <laughs> but, true. But, yes, he, I also just love him saying, how do I know you didn't cut your own brakes? Like, that's an insane thing to do. No one would cut their own brakes. <laughs> Uh, then we get uh, another great callback. We head back to Phineas Q. Butterfats. I always love when they go, they don't make up a new ice cream place. They go to their classic ice cream place. Yeah, not too many appearances, but there's been enough of them. Mm-hmm. And you can still, well, I guess uh, I guess in Florida, actually, you can eat at the Phineas Q. Butterfats, the real one in the, the open universal Orlando, which... Uh, uh, you know, that might be the most expensive uh, ice cream you ever ate if you bother to go there. <laughs> and it, it's had like a, a number of different kind of storefronts uh, in, in the show. Mm-hmm. But the original joke was a joke uh, take off on the Baskin Robbins. It was 5,600 flavors of ice cream parlor. Oh, that's right. So. Yeah. And actually, they also went there before for a giant ice cream sundae joke as well. But it wasn't an arc. It was the just a regular looking giant one that Homer That cost spent- me $88. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. As he tried to to buy his love back from lisa after uh screwing her over with that whole reed incident and uh that is not where uh rex banner had his banana kaboom you're right yeah different place entirely <laughs> uh that yeah that was i guess finney's cute butterfats more in a strip mall and that place was like a, a classy restaurant in its own way uh but yeah so they don't even i guess it is becky's idea to come here and they're celebrating that she's leaving but they're all like really well dressed so it seems I, there's something missing here. I feel like there should be an extra explanation of why they're buying Noah's Ark ice cream. And they're all in like formal wear too. It's it's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Uh, which they did they think Marge was going to come back from the grocery store and meet them there, and that's why they didn't. Uh, they weren't worried that she was missing for hours. Maybe there's there's like a line missing here. I think. 
Yeah, like, my mom would have killed me if I wasn't at home when she got home from the grocery store to help put things away. Like, <laughs> like if Marge had to put everything away by herself and then meet them at the ice cream parlor where Becky has instructed them to dress up for a special occasion. I don't blame Marge for hating Becky in the, for that as well, then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's a Noah's Ark themed giant Sunday presented in biblical style by the squeaky voice teen. He's really into that act there. I like that. They've gone with a new theme for uh, Phineas Q. Butterfats. Yeah. This this Bible theme happening. Uh, <laughs> may, maybe a born again guy bought the company. <laughs> and now they're going to be the Red States, uh, Baskin and Robbins. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, Homer is so excited at the ice cream. He passes out and falls into it and stops breathing, which I like that Bart thinks it's just normal that Homer just put his face into it to inhale it. He's gorging yeah. uh, but becky pulls homer's head out there's a funny draw to him with the uh a cherry on his nose a banana in his mouth and two ice cream scoops in his eyes it's a cute that's a real draw. looney tunes gag i do like it yeah I, I like that one a lot yeah and uh then in the final of misdirections becky starts trying to save homer's life uh, through mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, which looks like, uh, honestly, doesn't look like she's kissing him, but to Marge, she's crazy enough to believe it now. And uh, this is when Marge arrives and is ready to attack Becky. You shimmer! You shimmer! You shimmer! Don't mess with me! I've got jimmies! <laughs> I can only see a horrible rainbow! <laughs> Shut up, Becky! I finally said it. <laughs> Drop the cone, sugar. Ooh, whoopsie. Take <laughs> her away, boy. I thought you said the law was powerless. You're powerless to help you, not punish you. Mm, earned my treat. <laughs> this isn't over, Becky. I know where you live. My house. The scene of Marge coming at her and from the first person perspective of with the jagged ice cream cone truly unsettling. Yes, yeah. Uh it's it's scary. They they make a good point on the commentary too of like Becky's kung fu is failing her now in this attack. <laughs> and by the way, there is some like uh, hubbub online about whether or not the term Jimmy's is racist oh. for that uh, oh. ice cream topping and I did a lot of digging and it turns out uh it is not okay. uh, according to multiple sources. So uh Jimmy's are just sprinkled but in some areas, perhaps the South, I don't know, Henry, if you can uh, vouch for this, they're known as Jimmy's. Okay, I've, I had never heard them called Jimmy's before. I mean, though there is certain thing about how, uh, as, as proven by that English dude who did the entomology of the Batmobile lost its wheel song. Yeah. I think the Simpsons flattened out like thing or taught me the names of things. So because I heard Homer say like, mm, sprinkles at, like he did in his robot voice in that Treehouse of horrors. I think I just always called him sprinkles. Cause I learned it from the Simpsons. So you had not heard the word sprinkle before that. Maybe I had maybe, but I, but I definitely never, I cannot recall ever hearing him called Jimmy's. I don't think if my mom would say like, Hey, I bought Jimmy's at the store. You can put them on the ice cream. Though I also wasn't much of a decorate your ice cream kind of kid. I, I wanted that ice cream straight. No, <laughs> not on the rocks. <laughs> I do like that joke as that's her weapon of choice and it's very effective. I My favorite alternate name for sprinkles, though, is the Australian one, which is hundreds and thousands. 
That's fine. That's what they call sprinkles, which which I like. Like there's so many of them. I guess is the idea. <laughs> I guess, like, yeah, they're so loose, man. You know, this is now making me sad. The idea of like in a COVID time, topping bars at uh, ice cream places oh, no more. The Can't yogurt boom it. is bust. That's right. <laughs> God, we're not going to be able to go to like a Pinkberry again and and pick our own uh, crumbled up cookies. And when I moved to California ten years ago, it was like the the yogurt gold rush. Oh yeah. There was a yogurt stand on every corner, and now they're all exploding. <laughs> it's a real shame. Uh, but uh, oh, they mentioned on the commentary too. They used every version of Squeaky Voice Teen they had there because she throws them at three at once. Uh, the backup Squeaky Voice Teens. I think by by season 11, the one who's Moses had been formalized as the main squeaky voice. He's team. the lead boy. Yeah. Yeah. Marge has truly lost it here and uh, seemingly is trying to murder. If she had not been stopped by the police, might have uh, at least stabbed Becky, if not killed her. And I do also like the line, drop the cone, sugar. sugar. That's cute. But yeah, I like that too. I want to shout out. Wiggum has some good ones like bake him away toys and also my dad's favorite one was always take him into custardy boys (laughs) Um, but that one could have applied here but I I like the the sugar cone vibe I don't know I I like his little his little quips maybe they had remembered like oh wait we already did custardy we got a what's another (laughs) ice cream one I think in a few seasons we'll have uh, police chewtality oh right <laughs> it involves oh, yeah. taffy uh, and uh well also speaking of br- police brutality on twitter a lot this year i've been seeing that meme of like powerless to help you not punish me you. too <laughs> me too uh and and yeah hearing julie kavner like she doesn't get much to do a lot of the time so getting to hear her scream these crazy things or just say you zipper over and over again <laughs> ron's like i know where you live my house <laughs> oh, <so good. laughs> to heighten marge like that is great I wonder, like, you know, could Julie do these kind of lines now? No, I, I no. don't know. I, Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, it'd be the last. It's You'd call her in for that, and that'd be all she'd do that week. It's like, all right, two takes of yelling. I wonder if it really was with Broker having to do 100 versions of that thing <laughs> in Simpsons movie, <laughs> that she had to do 100 times of breaking up with Homer. You can uh, track how much her vocal cords deteriorated. <laughs> I feel, I mean, it's it's the most heartfelt scene in the movie, I suppose. But, but now, yeah, sorry. Yeah. All I can hear is just, oh, that's her voice breaking because she's exhausted and broken down. And that's what Marge just sounds like now. Yeah. Forever. Uh, sad. You pushed him too far, James L. Brooks. You went too far. You wanted an Oscar. <laughs> uh, and Another uh, Oscar. You know, I think I think because of a lack of competition in the shorts department, I bet you the Simpsons are going to win the Oscar this year for uh, the Ugh. daycare, longest daycare. <laughs> or no, the other one. The They'll clear one. that low bar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, we go to commercial break. We come back. Marge is at an insanity hearing. Quite a lineup of characters here. Yeah. So we have Dr. Zweig, who uh, Marge thought was Lowenstein <laughs> yes. because of Prince of Tides. And Zweig should really re- recuse herself in this case, I think. She's too personally interested. And Bancroft's still alive, not playing her. Uh, we have uh, Ned's psychiatrist, Dr. What? Foster, but not the current version, the one from the 50s. Yeah. It's a time-displaced Dr. Yeah. Foster. <laughs> not the Dr. Foster who meets him in the insane asylum. <laughs> the new Bedlam 
some insane asylum. Exactly. Yeah. And also this Morgan Freeman style character known as like other guy apparently in the script. <laughs> and he is voiced by uh, Mark Wilmore, who would write for the show in 2002. Yeah. He'd, uh, he'd join, I think, with the Treehouse that year. But uh, but of course, this was payback for him helping with a prank on Matt Selman, which we talked all about in uh, the Lisa Mensa episode. Yeah, they saved Lisa's brain. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Mark Wilmore, I mean, he definitely, it, it does stand out because his voice just isn't a voice you hear on the simpsons normally a person of color well <laughs> that's yes. not a guest star that's true <laughs> uh but but they, I, they, they, that's not a problem anymore no no it right. is not now but yes i also like that we even get a little callback to marge's history in this hearing now marge according to this you recently went berserk in an ice cream parlor yes and marge did you ever have an unhealthy fixation on ringo star it was healthy he reciprocated he reciprocated. Uh. Please. Road rage. Please. Excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I was just praying to God that you'll find me sane. I see. And this God, is he in this room right now? Oh, yes. He's kind of everywhere. Marge Simpson, you give us no choice but to declare you utterly... I'm not insane! You didn't let me finish. Insane! <laughs> I'm not insane. <laughs> I think uh, for the first time I heard road rage. Yeah, I so, yeah. That. A reference to uh, Screaming Yellow Honkers, which I believe was the last season, right? Yeah, that's so perfect. The way he just quickly says road rage like that, that makes it clear like, oh yeah, there are other reasons to think Marge has, uh, is insane. They should have well. went back to season three's Homer Alone when she had the mental breakdown on the bridge and blocked oh, all the yeah. traffic. This they... is not the first Marge uh, has a mental issue that's episode. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I had definitely never heard the road rage reference it's it's like because the focus is on marge at that point so you're not really listening to him but yeah. when we're just hearing it here that's really good <laughs> and i and i do like the joke that they treat uh praying to god as insane as well like <laughs> and this these, god these are all not only atheists but people who have never heard of god at all in their lives uh the this scene is really funny but i did have a one sad moment of thinking like oh man what if lionel hutz was here for this yeah like, yeah and then i got sad thinking that i think of that whenever i see gil too oh yeah oh, uh, oh gil but marge jumping out the window it being like a on the first floor very funny mislead yeah. i did like oh, that such because the tension you see a marge looking out the window like for a moment you're supposed to think in her head she decides rather than be insane she would rather try to commit suicide and then it's like no 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 she knew it was the first floor and she's just running away <laughs> i didn't even think suicide i was just like oh she's pulling a ted bundy here and then uh, like, I, like that's i've watched too much true crime in my day <laughs> you're just like, like patty oh, yeah. and selma now <laughs> yeah. now patty and selma will be listening to podcasts all the time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And i like that homer's still being supported by complimenting her crazy legs that's funny <laughs> uh but uh so then we get uh some amount of time must have passed because they're then reporting on marge being missing on the news we then head to juggernauts which yeah, is uh, tell an animator to draw a hot woman he'll do it it's uh, he yeah, will do it he will that, that <laughs> yeah. man yeah. which uh juggernauts is where titania worked the uh oh. the, the barmaid from the, co the competition in pygmalion okay i i didn't know if it was a returning restaurant yeah 
Yes, yes. And it's wet t-shirt month there as well. This I've said it before, but season 11, the most boob-filled season of The Simpsons. <laughs> Wait until they add Boobarella as a regular yeah. character. <laughs> That's real. That's true, yep. Yeah. I like Boobarella. Well, I guess I like the character via how much I like Elvira. I just, I think Elvira's fun. And so by osmosis, I like her. They're already spreading lies about or about Marge that she's going to kill again. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I do also love Homer saying like, she'll be here sooner or later to finish off Becky. <laughs> like, uh, Homer just has a couple good lines in here. And Becky, Becky should be more upset at this, I think. A lot of these Marge on the run gags uh, in a very flattering way remind me of Mel Brooks style gags. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the the uh, marching band mental asylum one was very funny where she joins this marching band to evade the cops, but they're marching back into the <laughs> asylum. Uh, and it's perfect because they're all wearing the r- orange jumpsuits like her and they have the big hair like her, but it's to go right back in the asylum. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That would totally fit in like blazing saddles or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that they, yeah, they're just the fun marching band that gets to march down the street back into the insane asylum. <laughs> It, it's kind of corny, but I, I like it. And uh, then Marge realizes she needs to hide better. She needs a change of clothes. She <laughs> breaks into the backyard of comic book guy and steals his giant shirt and pants. Her in this outfit is hilarious. Yes. This oversized <laughs> outfit for the rest of the episode. Uh, and, and comic book guy says those are prescription pants like Lisa and Bart's prescription shoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, he's uh, he's a large man. He needs some big pants. I wonder That's if those it. are to keep from like clotting or something. They're oh, like compression yeah. Pants uh, or whatever. Pants. And also, when Marge steals Wiggum's hat, it reminded me like, oh, she's wearing her hat kind of like she did when she was a cop. Me too. And that also made me think like, boy, imagine if they actually commented on her history with Wiggum right. in all these Wiggum and her scenes. If she had just said like, hey, I was a cop. I know you're supposed to do this, this, and this. They can only reference so much continuity in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> They've already done it uh, up to their limit, I think. Yeah. The more you think about the continuity, you you just you would lose your your mind just as Marge does just like all the connections not commented upon uh but yes then boy do we get the Simpsons are finally done making fun of Johnny Carson bits it's time for the current of 2000 to make fun of bits on Conan O'Brien with this next scene now we've got a special guest she just flew in from the cuckoo's nest and boy is she crazy crazy Marge Simpson Look at that. Hello, Krusty. <laughs> That's funny. So, Marge, <laughs> who's your favorite Native American warrior? Crazy horse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, uh, stop it. Yeah, this bit's dying. Let's go to the Mad Marge dancers. Oh, I really miss Mom. The kids are saying if you say Bloody Margie five times, she'll appear. But then she gouges your eyes out. I hear she mates with men, then eats them. I'm sure if Marge were here and not crazy, she'd be telling you two to do your homework and you to finish washing the dog. Yeah, I really wonder if any younger person gets the Conan reference because I will say it's easy to write that in a script and hard for that bit to look good in animation. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It makes me kind of wish they would have just put the real lips on that character 
and just like did like a yellow overlay just because it's it doesn't really translate well when you're just animating what's supposed to be a fake mouth onto a face yeah you know they should just gone full clutch cargo with it yeah but it did remind me of like the conan bit especially when uh robert smigel played bill clinton because he'd always be like you know kissing conan and sticking his tongue out and stuff (laughs) uh they yeah i i pulled up some old ones of it i i remembered that you know i remembered him more doing it with arnold because that was more recent when when arnold schwarzenegger ran for california's governor he would do the same bit uh but he originated it with clinton like in the early clinton years i i couldn't i couldn't find confirmation if this was true but mike scully says on the commentary it was simpsons season five through seven writer brent forrester who came up with the idea yeah i i believe it too and uh it's funny how much of conan's old shtick relied on very cheap like video effects and cheap photoshop because uh if they made it was a segment on conan it's just like we made a photoshop of two celebrities features together and there was even a book you could buy if they made pictures of the most freakish of of of, uh, photoshops yeah i actually i do have a quick clip if you didn't ever enjoy the bill clinton appears on conan here's him in 1996 ahead of the election and robert smigel is in rare form in this one all right, well, uh, let's talk about Bob Dole. He took some heat. Hold actually. on, let's talk about Independence Day, man. Anybody see ID4? <laughs> oh, man. That movie rocked, man. I love the part when I got in the fighter plane and took on the kicked ass. So it was aliens, baby. So that was actually the, <laughs> that was the, that was the president in the movie that did that. Yeah. No, 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 that was me. That okay, was me. all right. <laughs> let's talk about the I issues. I don't remember, man. I was so buzzed it was two in the morning. <laughs> all right, all right, take it easy. I like occasionally when the mouths would also eat and yes. it wouldn't make any sense. Uh, he'd be given, they, they, in that bit too later, his mouth gets off sync and his nose is visible and uh, Conan O'Brien says, sir, you have two noses now. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't care. I'll still win the election. Yeah. I forgot what a hick he made, Clinton. That's yes. great. <laughs> Woo! And yeah, the tongue stuff that uh, is happening in the Marge drawing too is pretty funny. I Well, I also really, what I caught in this time is that you can tell Dan's playing it like that sideshow Mel doing it. Yeah, too. yeah, I yeah. do like that. And did I mention that that's the dancing Edos is what? Uh, oh yes, yep, the Leno bit, yeah. <laughs> which that was a little older. That I guess both had been pretty established at yeah. that point. But... but that one bit was racist, so you got yes. that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, that Conan bit it also made me laugh then because I'm like, oh, I'm watching Conan now. Now I know what it feels like to have spent years it when the Chicken McNugget jokes were happening with Johnny Carson in the early simpsons years i didn't have years of watching johnny carson to know how tired his act was but now i'd seen enough of conan to get this conan thing on that kind of level which i i appreciate that and i knew it was like ah it's friendly they all know conan they like him they're not saying conan sucks even though even though crusty go like ah this bit's dying that does feel like an insult on the bit itself. he has another bit to immediately cut to <laughs> Uh, yeah, but and the audience isn't too. I mean, it's all children, but like they clearly don't enjoy it either. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, it's playful ribbing on Conan's like on Conan's uh not on his behalf. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Having watched a ton of Conan from this area, he'd always be the first to admit when a bit was dying. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he got so much mileage out of like that's as good as it can look, guys. So yeah. Like, <laughs> we're like, look, the explosion didn't happen. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, there's one little extra deleted scene here too where. Becky tells them stop watching TV and Homer says it's our job we're a Nielsen family 
funny. So a little extra gag there. I like that. I love the drawing of the half-watch Stan as little helper. Like, that's funny. He's so a happy little dog, even though he's covered in filth, or half-covered in filth. And uh, also that Homer and Bart are already falling for the old wives' tales about about <laughs> bloody Margie. <laughs> Uh, so then we get a parody of uh, the scenes that also happen in all those Fatal Attraction movies where the woman finds, does the research and finds out that she was right all along. Except here, Marge finds out she was wrong all along. I love her reaction to like, I should really read the entire headline before I react. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, you should just read the entire headline instantly based on how your vision works. <laughs> uh, well, in one of those headlines, it has kills is the biggest word. And yeah. she's like, at the local talent show. Apparently, Becky is a usurper foiler yeah. as well <laughs> foiled by becky that's great yeah so maybe that's her cover to become a usurper she's like no i'm the usurper foiler that's right she's been learning all the best usurping tactics mm-hmm. I, I also just i love mole man so much and i love his his appearance of like i thought yeah. i'd made a friend I mean, that's great yeah oh marge's uh meddling got a front page headline too yeah. was she aware of that? <laughs> I that yeah that ruining a wedding gets you front page i that's uh, well, i was complimenting that too thinking like that's a great joke construction because in the rule of threes marge should say oh i should stop reacting until i read the full headline she should say that after the third one but she says it after the second because the third then is an extra joke about how actually marge is the villain of this entire <laughs> story uh and so yes marge realizes she's wrong she heads back home to apologize becky i want to apologize to you super Mom, it's great to have you back, but you walked right into my shot. Shot? What, what are you... I hope we didn't scare you, Marge. Bart's just filming a music video for his class project. And I'm directing the making of video. Oh. Well, then, I guess there's a reasonable explanation for everything. Except you cutting my brakes. Oh, about that. Uh, when I changed your oil, I may have drained your brake fluid. <laughs> I didn't say anything because I thought you'd be mad. Oh boy, my bad. <laughs> my bad. That's uh, on the commentary once again confirming for us how horny cartoonists are. They say that the uh, the directors like the animators really were fans of that Vampirella costume on Becky. I wonder if Vampirella was in the script too, uh, you know, yeah. or if they they improvised that. That's a comic book character Vampirella, a scream, uh, basically a comic book equivalent of a '70s scream queen uh, who wears a skimpy uh, red one piece i guess you'd call it It, it's of the uh vampira elvira boobarella style of character yes right the vampirella is a space vampire i believe but uh though though i haven't read too many vampirella comics they they try a rebooter every five years and to varying success as interested as i was in vampirella i was too ashamed to actually buy one oh yes yeah (laughs) That's the that was the advent of the internet where you could finally lo- see these dirty comics without having to shamedly buy them from a, an, an adult man who runs a comic book store. <laughs> I mean, I look at that outfit and I'm like, that's a killer outfit. I love it. Yeah, good, go, good for you, Becky. Uh, but I also love that Becky's like we find out in this scene that like none of Becky's killing Marge plot involved cutting her brakes. Like, yes. like. You'd think that would have been one of her tactics. I I don't know. I like that reveal, and I like that it ties in the 
oil changing scene. It like, actually makes the oil change work as a plot yeah. thing, not just a silly thing for Homer. There's there's careful construction. Yeah, that scene was there for a reason. But I guess we don't know how Becky was going to kill Marge, just mm -hmm. that she was at least going to dig a grave for her. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's an interesting back and forth on the commentary, too, where they're like, they can't remember where the ending came in. Like, they're asking Larry. Larry Doyle, who's, like, not in the room with them, he can't remember, but he says, like, oh, certainly this wasn't the original ending. But he said it in a way of, like, yeah, you rewrite every ending. No no script keeps the ending. You always rewrote it. But then on the commentary to then Stephen D. Moore's like, no, I remember this being the ending in the animatic, mm. so they didn't change it that late. But uh i it's a really funny ending and you get to draw everybody in silly costumes i like that uh and at a music video like what's the music being set to is it going to be more hard rock is she doomed to it once more yeah if it's heavy metal <laughs> she's just falling back into her old habits again <laughs> and i like that lisa is joining in on it too which explains why she is just immobile when she should be like mom you're back but she doesn't want to ruin the shot I, and i love the like i'm here to apologize to you serper <laughs> that's great <laughs> one last usurper <laughs> uh but yes marge is apologizing just as she gets made unconscious uh twice in this final clip i'm so sorry i accused you of trying to kill me and steal my family hey no biggie i was trying to steal your family I even thought of a good place to bury you. <laughs> then I didn't have a shovel, so I went to the hardware store, and they have six different kinds, and I was like, later. Well, that's a relief, too, knowing I'm not crazy. So I guess everything really worked out for the... <gasps> Mom! You monsters! You killed her! No, they didn't. <gasps> oh, they put enough tranquilizers in there to take down Jonathan Winters. Oh, I've got too much to do to take a nap right now. Lisa, get Maggie out of that cage. And Homer, since you're dressed for it, I got some S&M for ya. Scrubbing and mopping. <laughs> Thank you. So Homer is the true monster. <laughs> yes. Worse <yeah>. than Becky. <laughs> uh, I say this many times, but that definitely feels like greeting wasn't there to yeah. say no to Homer knocking her unconscious. Are we pre-chloroform jokes or are we in the chloroform era? This is... I haven't gotten to them chloroforming yet, but he has done the nerve pinch knockout on right. her already. Yes. Oh my God. The chloroform joke era. That's when I learned what chloroform was. <laughs> and I definitely, and then there's the color forms. We oh, did yeah. get to yeah. the color form joke. Oh, episode. you're right. So we are in chloroform town. You're right. But, yeah. But Homer hasn't used it on Marge yet. Jesus. <laughs> yes. I like how her mom energy was not enough to take her down. Like, it, it powered through the tranquilizer. She's yeah. like, we got too much cleaning to do. <laughs> uh, that Jonathan Winters reference is because the late comedian Jonathan Winters in 1959 and 1961 self-committed to an asylum uh, because he felt he needed he needed help. So. And he's also, he was a very large man as well. Yes. So I think yeah. they're commenting on that as well. <laughs> I like, too, they use blow darts instead of, uh, they're using blow guns instead <laughs> of uh, tranquilizer. You know, I never really thought about that, but yeah. <laughs> it's it's very antiquated uh, i like the the jonathan winters callback too because it ties into the episode title it's a mad 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 you're mad right March. wow oh, okay i don't know how many mads there are but because of his uh it's a mad 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 something oh it's four mads mads. it's four mads yeah i yeah. i totally forgot that and i only watched that movie to get the references in the in that simpsons episode i still <laughs> haven't watched it and now whenever i hear like uh children of the 60s talk about the movie they all hate it they're like it was so boring <laughs> the three stooges look like they're about to die uh come on bob just set aside three hours and watch it oh uh, 
It was uh, honestly, I'd like to see it in full 70 millimeters someday. I think that's the only way I'd see it when movie theaters (laughs) open again. uh, The Cinerama. Yeah. Also, I think I knew what S&M was then, but uh, maybe because like of a Betty Page documentary. But uh, it's funny to hear Marge reference. You uh, had the internet in the year 2000. Sure, sure. Okay. You were Googling. It was from a documentary. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. A tasteful documentary (laughs) on the Spice Channel. (laughs) It would be another 10 years before we got uh, Rihanna's S&M. Mm. Um, the song. That's so. how the kids would learn that. But that's when a lot of kids learned about that. <laughs> uh, I I looked it up according to the wiki, though I didn't pull up the movie to confirm it. Apparently, Becky's only other major appearance is in a background gag in the movie when everybody's celebrating her and Otto like hug oh, and kiss. Wow. So. That's at least according to the wiki. I didn't, I'm going to double check on the movie file, but in the comments, let me know if I misspoke. I would assume she would never come back because she's a guest character. I mean, obviously like Parker Posey didn't voice her or anything, but I think I could totally just see it as some animator said, oh, we have to draw everybody celebrating. Well, who would auto kiss? Uh, Oh yeah, we drew a cool girlfriend for him already. So, uh, but that's really the only other appearance by Becky. Yeah, it's a, it, it was a fun, crazy episode that I'm glad they didn't make it more of a uh, Hand That Rocks the Cradle parody. Yeah. Just enough. And but you don't even need to know that to enjoy it. No I just way. like uh, giving Marge yeah. some fun things to do and making her less uh, of a, like a boring nag, mm. as they would call yeah. her in the show. <laughs> uh, give, giving like heightening Marge, giving her a reason to be like aggressive and assertive and uh, mm. crafty is fun. <laughs> Though, of course, when they write a Marge-centric episode, it has to be about her in competition with another woman. And, and then and with her being tranquilized by her husband. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's fun and wacky, and I feel bad I didn't watch this as much just because I had antipathy to the episodes that preceded it. I think it suffered from that blowback for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, this episode, I... I enjoy it. It's it's definitely one that I remember. Like I remember when you guys like told me what episode it was. The first thing I thought of was that ending scene with the chains and the BDSM gear and I was like, "Oh yeah, I definitely remember this episode pretty pretty well." But yeah, that season is is just got a lot of stinkers. <laughs> but but not this one. Even though it's no. still even though it's late in production and uh, you can still feel some of their punchiness here, I think they're pretty together mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Callie, thanks for joining us for another episode. Please tell everybody out there where they can find you and support your work. Like you mentioned at the top, I'm the reviews editor at GameSpot. So if you could please check out our reviews, that would make me very happy because I put a lot of work into editing all of those and writing some of them. Um, And then you can follow me on Twitter at InkyDojiko. I will spell it. I'm sorry. I want to change it. It's (laughs) I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. I would change it, but verification is the only thing that makes twitter usable for me so uh, i'm in a bind <laughs> uh and i guess when folks are listening to this you're probably starting up your game of the year content or it's about to come yeah yeah i guess i'll have been through the hell that is a console launch that's gonna, oh. that's the big thing i'm working on right now is mm. is basically putting together a schedule for how we're going to get a bunch of reviews for launch games up all at the same time Man. which is going to be very interesting but yeah, by the time you're listening to this, we will be in our Game of the Year discussions, and there's always a lot of content that goes around that, and it's it's a pretty fun time of year, like getting to discuss just 
kind of good things about gaming and focusing on the positives um, mm. is always refreshing. So um, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, definitely check that out. Last generation's console launch was hard enough and that was not, uh, that was not done remotely. So yeah, mm. I, 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 you're going to make it Callie. I know. <laughs> thank you. I am trying my best. And you'll have new toys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for coming on. So thanks again to Callie Plaggy for being on the show. Be sure to check out all of her stuff. As for us, if you want to check out more of our stuff and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Sign up there for five bucks a month. You'll get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes all of our limited miniseries, the most recent of which that we're doing right now. It's currently unfolding. It's Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 2. We're going through the back half of Futurama second season on the Patreon and there is also the rest of Talking Futurama episodes as well if you want to check those out that's only on the Patreon you sign up for five bucks you get everything we've done for the past three plus years on the Patreon that is over 100 podcast episodes too many to list here but Henry uh, if you sign up for 10 bucks a month you get all the five dollar stuff plus one extra long podcast once a month for patrons of that level or higher and what is that? You're talking about the What a Cartoon movie podcast like our What a Cartoon podcast we cover a different animated something each month but it's a movie a feature length film we've been doing for over two years now our most recent one you would have heard is wallace and grummet in the curse of the were rabbit that was a really fun one we finished up november with right before that we did the scary film scooby-doo on zombie island and so many other cool ones if you sign up today you'll have over a hundred hours extra on top of all the five dollar stuff bob just mentioned you'll also get over a hundred hours of exclusive movie podcasts as well for your 10 bucks a month so much is available to you at the premium level so please consider signing up there at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so as for me, you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast about old video games. Find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts for two exclusive episodes every month. Again, that is patreon.com slash retronauts. Henry, what about you? Why, I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. That's where you follow Henry Gilbert for all your Henry Gilbert updates. And if you are also on Twitter... Why aren't you yet following at Talk Simpsons Pod? At Talk Simpsons Pod. That's the official Twitter account of this podcast and the sister podcast, What a Cartoon. You will stay in the loop whenever new podcasts go live on the Patreon, on the free feed, whenever there's new announcements, any cool stuff going on. You stay in the loop there at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next time for the season 11 finale, Behind the Laughter. And we'll see you then. Just take the ring pillow and these uh, seven presents I brought. Uh, you know what? Cram some shrimp in, too. Head to tail. That way you can fit more. I want some sauce. Thanks. <laughs>